Uh, coach, well, I've forgotten who I am. It's been that long. Liam took over the show literally two weeks ago or last week, and I've forgotten my own identity. Um, how are we? We're here for Down Under Sigma. We're here talking about fuck the meta. That's probably demonetized the channel just by swearing in that first five seconds. Uh, as always, we are here not only with myself, but we are here with Liam, the Shadowhammer himself. How are you, Liam, this fine Wednesday? I am so good. Like, I am still recovering from the weekend. Um, even though I didn't even play, but I'm still recovering somehow. But yeah, it was a big weekend. Yourself? Uh, yeah, massive it was, weekend. It was, yeah, just a weekend of, you know, making or ruining people's days. It was great. I loved it. Uh, I like um, to think the, the making part. Uh, I don't know what you did behind my back. Um, maybe it was, we'll just some, to- it was just some, it was just some real questions I got asked, and I was like, it "Doesn't work like that." I'm really sorry, and you could just see their disappointment. And I was like, "That's all right." And I know you were sliding into the DMs of a certain uh, person in uh, Nottingham, but we'll keep that to another day. Yeah. Uh, yep. I'll find out what you were asking. Hopefully they were rules questions, not pictures. Uh, but somebody that was at the uh, the event, the tournament, Sydney GT, greatest tournament in Australia on that weekend, um, is Ash McEwen. Uh, nice trophy there, buddy. How are you, good Ash? Man. Yeah, good, man. <laughs> just, just keeping it here just in case, you know. <laughs> just a constant <laughs> reminder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, this is this is my qualification for the show right here is, is yeah. Meta Breaker, so... Yeah. Uh, so Ash and I probably should give a formal introduction and then you can uh, tie up the loose ends. Ash McEwen is a top tier Australian player, uh, has been playing at least in the Masters level for some time now. Uh, you may have seen him on Warhammer Television. Uh, he played on stream with his uh, uh, Iron Jaws. Um, uh, very famous for playing a whole bunch of armies, Nighthorn, Iron Jaws. Uh, and most recently for the last maybe nine months, six months, it seems like ages, has been uh, devoted of Sigma, um, which is why you're here, because you are uh, been doing kicking butt, taking names with uh, flagellants and all that good stuff. Damn straight. <laughs> Such an OP army. <laughs> I'm totally glad that uh, they got rid of those war altars and those uh, war priests because they are OP and uh, uh, luckily they didn't feature any white dwarfs recently because they are broken and busted. Yeah, luckily, luckily Slanesh is a bit safer now that the Devoted are gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I know those Slanesh players are like, whew, thank God the uh, the uh, Witch Hunter is now not in uh, the game. Yep. <laughs> And then our other guest, uh, brand new microphone. He's ready to go. He is the lawmaster himself. He is Dad Hammer, the administrator of literally every single Facebook group ever created <laughs> for Age of Sigma. Uh, it is Dad Hammer himself. Luke, how are you, buddy? Uh, tired, as you would expect um, with a newborn. So, but other than that, doing pretty good. Finally getting I some hobby time in. I don't understand that. I, isn't it easy <laughs> yeah, to have a kid? Yeah, I can't relate to that whatsoever. Oh, you guys will regret it one day. Don't. <laughs> I <laughs> imagine those kids it. are good for, like, basing your models. Like, you just give your child a base and they can uh, put on the sterling mud and uh, dryad bark and, you know, put some flock down and, you know, beautiful bases. Great for basing Nurgle, maybe. <laughs> I mean, we can all thank me when Orion comes back as a model because I've brought Orion into the world. So, <laughs> so you I are kids the- are really good at basing. Like, they're actually really good at it if you get them, like, to do it for you if you have, like, a tournament in two days. It's really Not good. at one years old and, like, three weeks old. <laughs> it's easy. Texture paint. Simple. 
but the, the introduction for Luke Stone is uh, not only is he the administrator of uh, a range of the uh, the, the uh, Age of Sigma groups, uh, Luke is uh, a very narrative-driven player, uh, and most recently he's been running the Scourge Privateers for, well, at least ran it at CanCon, has been running it for some time now. He is obsessed with those pirate elves, uh, loves the Charybdis, so he's got a very tight relationship with Clint. Um, but you've also been running um, th this army for a while. And I guess the topic of today very much is going to be about people who are running armies that aren't Slanesh, that aren't Daughters of Cain, that aren't the meta, and really exploring why on earth they do it. And and I guess learning the, the hints, tips and tricks along the way that you guys have picked up from not running the, you know, the the easy the easy victories that uh, Slanesh might be providing. Although Liam thinks recently he's created a list uh, that is a hard Slanesh list. So um, it's I, not I hard. It. It's like the most friendly Slanesh list you can write. Is this like your friendly daughter's list? It actually is probably the most friendliest <laughs> list I've ever written. And, I, and that says a lot. Slanesh list is like saying there's a friendly shark out there somewhere. No, no, but there seriously is a friendly shark out there. And this is the most friendliest Slanesh list I've ever written. It has nine fiends. Name a competitive list with nine fiends. Yeah, what did you call it? A tactical like uh, tactical challenge, or you said this Slanish army is... Oh, really yeah, hard. it's a Slanish army that doesn't just move forward. Skaven do pretty well with nine fiends. <laughs> got a point. Top topic, top topic. <laughs> all right, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll throw shade on Liam all throughout the episode, as we do every fortnight. Um, but before we get into that, Liam, is there any news or should we talk about... Actually, there has been some news recently. Twitter has been all angry and ranty and salty uh, most recently for some reason. Why on earth? Ah, uh, because there's this new... Because um, GW made this model, right? It's a cool model. I'm not going to lie. It's a really cool model. It's called Celeste, I'm pretty sure. And they've just released a whole bunch of rules on the White Dwarf that comes out this Friday or next Friday or something ridiculous. Um, and yeah, I think it's this Friday. Um, and there's these rules where at the moment, Sanesh is really powerful with their depravity and their summoning. And then everyone's like, oh, this thing gets you two depravity for each thing that gets a wound caused or whatever. And everyone is like getting in an ooh -ha about it. And yeah, it's pretty entertaining. I'm actually laughing with enjoyment about this because I don't know if it's GW's way of saying, like, we haven't sold many white dwarfs this year, so we're going to do this, or we haven't really sold much of this model, so we're going to do this, or it's both. Um, but, but yeah, and way, like heaps... it's got people like, riled up one way or the other. Yeah, it's like, I'm pretty sure the last time everyone spoke about a white dwarf thing was about a year ago, so like, it's back on like trending. So, um, I myself am like not fussed about it. Like there's some core cool battalions where it is heavily based on mortals. So it's pretty much giving a huge buff to Slaves of Darkness, a uh, model range that no one ever sees on the tabletop much, let's be honest, except when Hayden runs it now, apparently up in Queensland. Um, so it's heavily based on mortals. So um, I'm not fussed about it. Like I'm not, you don't see me like as a competitive player writing lists based on it because it's based on one model. Like, apparently the rules are if heroes hold even 12 inches of the Celesque model, every time a wound is caused or they cause a wound, it counts as two depravity instead of just one. But the model is, like, on a four-up save, nine wounds. It doesn't have the monster keyword, so he gets lookouts there. Well, but that's, like, that's, that's 16 depravity points even if you just kill him first, so that's not bad. Yeah, it's you get yourself a harp lady for that, and then, yeah, yeah it's Why fine. Not? 
Like, so you're saying that's nothing to worry about? We are all no, it's uh, nothing. Storming it's the, storming it's, the teacup. It's honestly, there's nothing to worry about, and like, it's a 200 point model that you have to build your list around. And for 220, you can get the mirror twin chick that does way better job at what she does. So, yeah, like, in honesty, I don't see it being hitting on the top tables or anything. Um, if people are getting an on uha about it, uh, get better at Warhammer. Um, anyways. Um, so that's one thing that's happened in the I can see Ash's and, faces Ash's faces uh cringed up a little bit. Anything you want to add to that before Liam continues? Um I think Liam sometimes underestimates how things will have an impact on the meta. Um I do think in this case he's right, but we won't see it too much. Um but I think when you see it, um it will create some feel bad experiences for the opponents. Um oh, yeah. not, not necessarily win games, but just yeah, make feel bads. But like, and, at, and we, saw that moment, CDG, we saw that at yeah. Sydney GT, like Go, Gotrek was, you know, ripping face, you know, taking names, but uh, didn't actually feature in any of the top lists, uh, if we think about it. So uh, there is some feel bad moments and really hard stuff, but it's not like you uh, can't put a strategy in place. Luke, you're going to say? Um, I, th- I think the people's big thing is it just, I don't think people get why Slanesh got something when. We've got other armies that probably needed something more. It's something extra for the army that is obviously already at the top. Um, and to answer your question, they made a model that no one's bought. Yeah, they need I, to I sell know. a crap ton. They need to sell a crap ton so they can be like it was worth the investment to get a guy who modeled and sculpted this thing. Worth noting. Worth noting is reasoning, that maybe but, you know, it does leave a sour taste. It may be that the the reason they've chosen this. Um, host to focus on is because they'd started writing the narrative side of it and then they wrote into that the um, like the actual match play rules just because I mean I think most of the Age of Sigma rules that have been going into White Dwarf or at least the ones for like Shadespire and those things have been done by John Bracken I think his name is um, so like yeah it, it may not be that um, it's the main rules writing team that's been focused on this task but it's just an, an extra little bonus that someone else has put in I just yeah. want to quickly say though, it is an awesome model. Yeah, it's a cool model. Like I have to say, it's up there. It's one of my favorite models they've released. Well, but... I started painting. It, I started painting it for uh, the Ever Chosen competition. Um, yeah, and then so you really have Sydney GT. Yeah, I, my focus had to go to terrain, but uh, it's an awesome model. I think you know, if I think about uh, potentially why they're doing this, yes, absolutely, uh, very much could be trying to spike the sales of um, Shalesky, uh, or however you pronounce her name. Oh, his, his and her it's name. Um, second of their all, name. their name. Let's let's do the pronoun. Um, second of all, you have um, a lot of people had a lot of feedback, and I know they were quite vocal about what about mortals in Slanesh, and it's probably only, one of the only few books that doesn't really acknowledge the mortals um, across the, all, all the Chaos Gods, so it uh, could be throwing the mortals a little bit of a bone. Um, well, it was but, the first Chaos Army that didn't get new mortal units when it got released like corn got their new range um zeech got a whole new one nurgle got a whole bunch so sinesh got none so this is probably their way of saying like hey here's something for you guys and all the battalions in their book is demon focused mainly like it's it makes sense for what they've done yeah um but to luke's point as well um you know, there are people like the Seraphon, there's people like Beast Claw Raiders who are probably throwing their hands up going, what about me? What about me? The the spear tip on Slanesh is already sharp. 
Uh, I don't need to um, an even more sharper tip on my spear because the beast claw raiders are crying for love. Um, and we know there's a book coming pretty soon. There's plenty of armies who are looking for love. Um, but I think the, the number of the number of armies looking for love is pretty small these days, though. They've done pretty well with yeah. getting everyone up to, up to speed. And yeah. Cities of Sigma has been tying all those loose ends, like all those armies that weren't getting love or weren't going to get love. They just got tied in, even as some armies got axed, but like they've, they've kind of cleaned it all up. And then Iron Jaws and Bone Splitters just got a whole new book. Yeah. I mean, and you probably argue Seraphon. Seraphon needs an update. You probably argue that, that Zench is out of date. You could probably even argue at points that uh, Legions of Nagash, uh, the actual core Legions of Nagash, uh, probably needs a tweak as well. Um, I reckon those armies that you've been mentioned, I reckon they're all getting their top shops next year at the moment, because right now they did say like they're focusing on destruction last year. So that's why we got Gloom Spite, then we got the Oryx, and then we're going to get the Ogres, right? And then now we've got a Death Faction coming out. So um, I reckon you all those armies that you've listed, they're getting their love next year, especially Seraphon just got a whole bunch of new rules in the GHB. Like, they, they're getting their love. Like, anyone who says, oh, I haven't got love, you just got yourself a General's Handbook. And now I'm pretty sure they're in the battle book or the gaming book that they released last week or the week before. Yeah, they um, So, like, the number, as Ash said, the number of armies that's not getting love is actually getting smaller. It's it's right. And, mm-hmm. yes, Peter, these score raiders are getting love end of this year. So... Yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, all those kind of armies and KO will be getting love next year. Yeah, Danny sure. Carroll makes a really good point about KO. So, uh, oh, but KO was not, a, KO was a huge but yeah, yeah. Look, long story short, I think you know the general sentiment from from the community is, uh, you know, Slanish probably didn't need additional love, but uh, nonetheless, it's here to stay. I've already seen some tournament organizers throwing their hands up to say this is going to be banned. This is going to be banned. I think let's see the impacts. Is it really as crazy and busted as as people think? Uh, or is this just the next storm in the teacup? I reckon it's a storm in a teacup, but then if you actually give it to like someone who knows what they're doing, then that's when we start seeing issues. But yeah, um, that's the current news. Like that's been the news for about 48 hours. I'm pretty sure it's been like the battalions got released while we're at Sydney GT and I had a quick little flick through them and I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, wouldn't I tried to write li- and the other thing as well is I've tried to write lists to see like what you can fit into kind of this, like this stuff like with the battalions and everything. You can't fit a lot. It's a very low body count army if you want to use it for its full capabilities. It's a big so, no, no, but like including like like even like because with the battalions you have to fit in mortals. Yeah, that's fine. Right? Like, Chaos warriors are two wounds. No, but they don't get depravity for you. I'm talking about their heroes. Oh, uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm talking about yeah. the heroes. Then they're yeah. they're expensive, but they're low mo- like wound count, right? Yeah. While the demons are high wound count and like yeah, it's just one of those things where it's just like yeah. you can't you're not getting a lot. So the double depravity thing is mainly just because like their mortals aren't actually that got many wounds. Does that make sense? Do you yeah. think it's gonna create do you think it's gonna create a better experience that uh should someone go down that route? We're going to see less Keeper of Secrets on the board, which means while they oh, are no, generating no. additional depravity. If you want AOS on easy mode, stick to your Keeper of Secrets 3 list. Like, go for oh, it. I saw how I... it was on the weekend. And honestly, half those armies made me want to vomit because I saw three Keeper of Secrets come down, like the dead. Then next turn, they just all got summoned back. 
and they all made their charges, and I just stood there, I'm like, what the hell is the point? Like, well, I saw, I saw a list with this new um, this new allegiance that had still had three keepers of secrets in it, plus the pustulesque. Um, so, um, if you if you manage to keep those three three keepers of secret like within holy within was it twelve inches of pustulesque, then you that that could get you ninety six depravity if you've killed all three of them. So, could work. Yeah, yeah, um, but. <laughs> Joel McGrath in the chat. There's nothing wrong with Slanesh. Nothing at yeah, all. Move, move yeah. along. So nothing with Slanesh. <laughs> anyway. don't, don't FAQ them. They are perfectly fine. Everyone look at uh, Andrew Bigwood. Yeah. Well, they got banned by Andrew. Andrew. They got um, beaten by uh, her Devoted by a very interesting game. Yep. Um, they Andrew got needs beaten. to stop winning or his narrative gamer status is going to get revoked. The amount of things he beats <laughs> with that Dementus army. Um, what who else beat Sinesh? Smorgan beat Sinesh with his um mixed order randomness twenty five drop list. All right, we're, 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 talking, we're talking about games played. Let's let's actually now transition. Oh, All right, we're, we're going to close off that release. chapter. Oh, go on, quick, go on. The new Bone Reapers they've been showing up have been pretty cool. Yep, I mean, cool Bone Daddies. The, the, the cool picture going around as well with all the models uh, with the base sizes. So um, yeah, looks like a cool. wonderful range. Was there more new models than that? I didn't see them. There's more. There's been because they had a book leak a month and a half ago, um, so some people have photoshopped in the um, models that they haven't actually probably released on the community site. So there's actually quite a lot. Okay. Um, it's bigger than the Deepkin release by I think one and a half times. So yeah, it's pretty cool. That's in, that's including like that's not including the Gash and um, the Morgas and stuff. Like there's way more than Deepkin got on their release. It's gonna be, I reckon it's gonna be like a three or four week release. So, yeah, pretty cool. Cool. But, yeah, so we've had we've, we've had some new death models shown off, and we've seen uh, much more of the range. We've seen uh, the new white dwarf slanesh rules. Joel McGrath saying nothing to worry about. Move along. Um, and uh, yeah, we talk. We're starting to talk about games now. So um, Ash, I know you've recently just played at Sydney GT. Luke, I'll come to you in a second. Love to hear how you're going with. Uh, what was your highlight from Sydney GT? Yeah, I mean, well, on on topic, I guess. Um, game against Slanesh in round round five. Um, so I, I think guess the the thing that I want to pull out in this game was that the summoning mechanic was very strong, but he didn't get a chance to summon anything. So gi given him the the full five turns, if it was not knife to the heart, it would have been very difficult for me to pull that game out. Um, but I managed to. Um, by the end of turn two, um, get uh, more models than him on both objectives um, and finish the game there. So I shut down. I think he had about 40 depravity points in the bag at that point, and I hadn't finished off any heroes yet, um, or I'd just finished off one Keeper of Secrets. So, um, yeah, it could have gotten really nasty very soon, but, um, yeah, managed to, to hold out against that against that Slanesh list, thanks to his own cogs that he cast for me to give it my, my bludgeons the extra move they needed to get to the objective. So thanks for that, Mitch. Um, that was really good. <laughs> um, what was my favourite quote again, Anthony, from that game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the, so so um, Ash is playing literally on the table right next to the TO table, so where Liam and I uh, were. We're just and, um, and they're playing, and uh, we're actually not paying attention to the game at all. Uh, I think we're on like the uh, down under pairings tournament system, and yeah, uh, out of the blue, yeah, we're looking at scores or best painted or something. 
and um, in the in the corner of our ear, we hear uh, in in the, the most pleasant way. Ash says, um, "Can I can I have a turn now, or can I have a go now?" Cool. Can um, I have a turn so, now? <laughs> so, so clearly, we had a whole lot of two plus. You fight last, Ash, or four up, yeah. or whatever, um, or four up, or whatever it was. But uh, it was a very cute, very funny thing that just come out of nowhere, um, and it, <laughs> it wasn't was, like it was a toxic kind funny. of way. It was pretty funny. Like we just laughed because I was just talking to Anthony, saying like. Yeah, this whole activation war thing, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. And then we just hear Ash going, can I have a turn now? I'm like, oh, maybe. Um. <laughs> yeah, that was after the Keeper of Secrets piled in an attack twice and one of the chariots piled in an attack twice. And um, I think you had, yeah, you had 10 demonets attacking and another Did chariot. They twice? No, they just attacked once because he, he'd ran out of command points at that point. He only got three in his first turn. So, oh. yeah. Oh, just only three. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke, what about yourself? How um, have you, have you had an opportunity to play yet? I, I know you've put out a heap of videos recently. Uh, yeah, so I've had um, a couple of games with a couple of different Cities of Sigma lists. Um, bit against, I guess, what the whole show is about playing Hallow Heart. Um, but <laughs> my priority list at the moment needs a bit of um, uh, modification. I heard chariots are really good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They are right, no well, joke what? now. All right, that's in, that's like a fortnight or a month's time when we talk about meta armies. We're here to talk non-meta armies, so uh, <laughs> we'll oh, talk Hello Heart yeah. later. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, played a couple of games. That's about it. Being a new dad, I've got a three-week-old, so <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, Anthony, any games for you? No games for me, uh, but I have two tournaments coming up in November. I've got Runax Team Tournament, and I have um, I have a uh, one-on-one tournament. So team the team tournament is uh, four people: Liam, myself, Dan Brewer, and Hayden Walker on a team. Uh, Ash, are you Hosty. on the Pantheon of Filth? I am on the Pantheon of Filth, yeah. And you'll be, you'll be playing in the teams tournament as well. And then uh, later that month, I'll be up in Newcastle playing some tournaments. But I've got a game locked in this Saturday uh, where I get to play with my Cities of Sigma for the first time ever, and I'm excited. Sick. But I'm running Hello Heart, and hashtag I've been a Hello Heart player for a long time because I've got a Hierocardum, I've got a Luminarch. I was running them in 2017 and before that, so go away, leave me alone. I've always played Hello Heart. <laughs> In a some form, that's a lie. But okay, it's true. Go um, check out. Oh, go check out every you? every like. Go look at my RCGT list from 2019. It was a Hurricane Luminarch, the Carmine Dragon, which is a, a wizard dragon from the city of Nuln. Um, I had I had a Phoenix in there. Uh, he's a very magic orientated free people list. So go away. <laughs> Triggered. Where, where's that Carmine Dragon now, Anthony? Yeah, where is that Carmine Dragon? I would love it still to be on the table, even if it was an ally that the old Firestorm rules used to allow you to bring in anything that wasn't outside of the city as an ally, and I would love to take that in a heartbeat. Um, but unfortunately, the Carbine Dragon, much like the rest of the Forge World Age of Sigmar models, are being cut. Aww. At least in order, anyway. Yeah. That's cool. Excited for your game? You excited, uh, you excited, for, you're excited for Runax? You feeling like you're ready? Uh, yeah, totally. That's a no. That's a no. That's, well, well, the, 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 uh, I'm hoping that Gabe uh, show. Uh, look, I'm not going to talk about this because uh, look, Gabe's got some rules in that I'm hoping that uh, he's very kind with the FAQ. So at the moment, we have to submit our lists uh, prior to the FAQ. So I'm a bit concerned about submitting a Hello Heart list uh, that potentially the strongest city 
um, with an FAQ coming and I have to wear the FAQ regardless of what happens. So I'm hoping uh, common sense prevails and I get to, I don't know, do something, submit at least later or tweak it when the FAQ comes out, but let's see. Yeah, sick. Cool. And Liam, yourself? I played a fair few games. I had a game of Matt Tyrrell, uh, which I recorded for my channel um, on Friday when he arrived for Cine GT um, with my Sylvaneth Heartwood list, which I'm currently on a 90% win rate with at the moment because, yes, I am keeping track on it because everyone's saying that Sylvaneth is not competitive, and I was like, <laughs> hold my beer. Um, Ash has played this game list before. Um, yeah. I was pretty, I was pretty lucky. I'm not going to lie in our game with me and Ash, um, straight up Durfee should have I mean, died. But, you, um, you were pretty silly to start with and then you were pretty lucky, which made it okay. So yeah, <laughs> after Ash's game, I've learned this tactic is, uh, like put Durfee in the wild woods because he will get shot. And I'm like, okay, cool. If you, Weird. if you let, if you let me see Durfee, I'm going to take him down. Yeah. So I was just like, cool. That's not happening again. But, um, yeah, so I've had a practice game beat. Matt, I'm not gonna actually actually you know what? No. All I'm gonna say is that me and Matt's game was such a close game to record that to the point where we forgot to record some bits because it was so tight. Like it was ridiculous. Um but yeah, I've had a couple of games and with Sylvan F and it's been great. I love it. The book is awesome. Um Kernoff meta is definitely um a thing. Like they're it back. is. But then they're back, but at the moment I kinda wanna run Dreadwood soon. Like Dreadwood has so much tools in it like i wrote a dreadwood list with no big trees like no tree lords um and it's just got the arch rev two branch raves 30 30 dryads 10 dryads six kind of hunters of scythe six kind of hunters of swords spite swarm hive and with a uh, forest folk battalion and i bought a command point i'm pretty sure um so all i'm doing is teleporting shenanigans and telling my opponent that all i need to do is make six um six inch charges and no i'm not telling you all my secrets you basically are but uh, let's save the rest for Runex, um, and let's get into the topic of the week. What do you reckon? And our, our, uh, a whole bunch of chats going on, which is awesome. Uh, big shout to uh, Beth Bigwood, who, uh, God love her, um, Gotrek uh, took through three of her uh, great unclean ones, the Poxbringer and 20 Plague Bearers in a single uh, game. So uh, you know, credit to you for sticking through, and um, that's, that's really tough. That's uh, a lot of points. Um, oh, Godrick had a field day on the weekend. He did. He did. Um, I want to give out a quick shout out to all of the Patreons who have really helped this channel uh, pay for the bills like this particular streaming service. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but uh, this is actually a subscription model that I've got to pay uh, for this software. And I think it is pretty neat. So thank you for everyone who is contributing and helping us uh, kick some serious butt. Um, a couple of events that are coming up in the next couple of months. You've just heard me talk about Runax. We talk about Castle Assault. Uh, we've got the Masters Invitational only coming up at the end of November. We've got HeroCon coming up in December, the first week. Uh, and then finally, uh, the mother of all events, which is CanCon Call to Glory, uh, which is 240 players, uh, sold out event, took uh, just over 12 uh, hours to sell out. Uh, which is pretty phenomenal considering uh, ticket sales started at midnight and the website crashed. Um, Three times. Crashed, essentially crashed for like six hours. So the fact that we sold that 240 tickets in, in essentially 12 hours is pretty awesome. And 
some fresh content that's just come out that uh, we've had some some great podcasts come out. So we've had Heralds of War put out a, a particular podcast about the charity army that uh, they'll be raffling off at CanCon, beautiful Nurgle army that uh, came award second. Winning. It is. It came second at Sydney GT for uh, Best Painted. Uh, Mordly Wounded and Notorious AOS have put out some pretty cool podcasts. Liam, you've put out a battle rep recently. Um, Failed Charge has uploaded their Toowoomba Open coverage, which was amazing. Uh, I know Doom and Darkness and Measure Gaming have pu pumped out a whole bunch of uh, bat reps and some reviews around um, the the Orc War Clans. Um, spoiler, I'm going to be recording something with him on the cities, which is going to be pretty cool. Luke, you've done Cinderfall Gaming, a whole bunch of stuff, especially around the narrative, which has been pretty cool. Um and there's so much more going on. Uh, Australia has focused a heap on Mr. Mephisto's channel. I think myself, Doom, Luke, yourself, uh, Christian Ware. There's a whole bunch of Aussies. So uh, check out Mr. Mephisto on Twitch and his podcast. And finally, Runax has put out a pretty cool blog. Uh, Plastic Crack, our friend Pete, um, has been putting out some pretty cool blogs. And The Dwellers Below has uh, got a, uh, a review from our friend Randy from Sydney GT. So let's see how he's, uh, his experience was. That's a pretty solid list for people who are putting out content. So much content. Hashtag content creator. Um, Hashtag content creator. Speaking of that, uh, James Mabry is essentially uh, the official AOS influencer after winning that award and that trophy at, at my event. So he is now the, the influencer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. That's a lot of content. There's so a lot of content. So you know, obviously, hopefully you stay along and you enjoy this and then you watch the rest later. But uh, let's get into the, 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 the topic of the week. Uh, that is, well, topic of the fortnight, actually. So the reason we have uh, Ash and Luke, not only are they handsome, fine gentlemen, wonderful players, beautiful painters, but the topic of the week very much is focused around the meta. Now, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of pe people being talking about the meta whether it's, you know, uh, Slanish being really strong. For the last 12 to 18 months, we've heard a lot about Daughters of Cain. We've had, you know, Grimgast Reapers featuring in Legions Skaven. of Dash. We've had Skaven. We've had, you know, throughout throughout the year, we've had different flavors of the month. Uh, some have lasted longer than others. Um, but what we don't hear a lot about is the armies that are hashtag not meta. You know, the armies like the uh the the scourge privateers the um the darkling covens the free people the the daughters of Cain, oh, the daughters of Cain, bloody daughters of Cain. They, i was gonna say <laughs> the devoted of sigma i'm looking at ash when i say that now there's Absolutely. a deep word coming out that, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but we have all of this stuff um you know ever chosen like who's who on earth is talking about ever chosen um these armies, these claw raiders, the the KOs, the Caradron overlords, all of these armies are wonderful armies. They're beautiful armies. They've got a lot of legs, but unfortunately, no one's talking about them. Now, obviously, you know, at, at tournaments when armies are doing really good, people are, are drawn to the armies that are easier, stronger, whatever it might be. But there's a little space on the internet, a little space on the hobby table for your non-meta armies. And I wanted to talk to Luke, I want to talk to Ash, and I want to find out what drives them, what motivates them, what gets you to pick up a Devoted of Sigmar army instead of that third Keeper of Secrets or that first Keeper of Secrets that starts that hobby addiction around de depravity. So, um, guys, you want to get into the topic? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So, 
Well, maybe for, for someone who's, who's listening and watching this, and this is the first time they've heard of this word, the meta, uh, maybe we'll define it first. I might throw this one over to oh, Ash or, or Liam or Luke. Who wants to take a stab on what, what, is, what is a meta army or what is the meta? Um, I'll have a go at it. Awesome. Um, so the meta is generally the amount of armies that you see or the variation of armies that you see crop up across games of Age of Sigmar. And those that are considered on meta would be those that have a high percentage of play across games. So you're likely to see, you're likely to play it at a tournament, like there's a high chance you're going to get it. Or And those considered off meta, you're very unlikely to see at a tournament or at an event or even at games in general. That's pretty much the general basis of what the meta is. And the meta is that sort of level of being, is there lots or is there less? Yeah, and that's something else with that as well is that it's like the definition I think it came from was um, the most efficient tools available um, or the most effective tools available. So generally that used to be applied to a specific army and you would choose the most efficient tools from that army. But now it's become, because every army has a lot of tools, it's become which armies are the ones that you see more often. And it's become this sort of biggest conversation about the entire scene um, of what you see at, at tournaments. Yeah. Liam, anything you'd want to add to that? My best summary of it is pretty much it's like a percentage of chance of seeing what you seeing like what you're gonna see at a tournament. For example, last year I joked around saying that the meta was Grimgush Reapers or Death of Grimgush Reapers and I made a hilarious stat saying that there was this amount of Grimgush Reapers and only this many in actual Nighthaunt. And I like so I was just yeah, so it was just one. Of, it was like one of those things where I was just saying, like, the current meta in Australia is literally going to see a lot of, like, pretty much saying, like, you're going to see Grimgust Reapers, find a way to counter it. Um, and, like, so for currently, and then, like, to be off meta is a way where you're saying, like, oh, you're not running an army or running a mechanic that is currently happening. So at the moment, we have Activation Wars for the past two or three months, would you say, guys? Activation Wars is the thing still? Yeah, yeah, cool, awesome. Um, yeah, so pretty much, like, and if you're running something that's, like, off-meta, you're running something that's not actually got anything to do with the Activation Wars, or you have something that's, like, going to counter it. So, for example, with Activation Wars, to counter it, it's the six-inch pylon um, is pretty much the best way to counter it. So it's stuff like that. Um, shooting. Like, like or shooting like last year we had um shooting was a thing um where we saw carriage on overlords we saw the free guild we saw um vanguard we saw the Aether wing at one point last year like late late the last year. Of as well considered yeah. a shooting army well you know skyfire so not really a shooting unit they're more of a combat unit but also has shooting um but yeah we saw stuff like that so um the meta changes depending on where you are um, like I know that Australia, everyone says that our meta is weird and we doesn't make any sense. Um, like Rob Science still does not understand what we do. I'm pretty sure he was quite shocked that Matt won CanCon. He goes, "Corn's not a thing." Um, so yeah, so like it all depends. Like um, it's, you, it's probably like, worth calling out that there are different metas, right? So myself and my little games club, like the the mates that I play with, that's a meta. Now, my friends could, you know, maybe it, they don't buy armies very often and they really love their, their, the models that they've always bought. So in my local meta, I'm playing with people with Zench and Beast Claw Raiders and I'm playing um, a very old style like skeletons and zombie type death army. That's my local meta. I go to a tournament, maybe it's in Sydney, 
Now in Sydney, there might be more, more Daughters of Cain armies. Uh, and in my local scene, there is no Daughters of Cain players. So there's a different meta there. Then as you go up to Australia, you might start seeing that when all the different communities come together, that is a different meta in itself. So the meta can be more than one thing. Um, so to be meta uh, would be around the popularity. I think you guys have really called this out. You know, things that are uh, attacking more than once in combat uh, could be very magic orientated. I think last year's General's Handbook had scenarios that were very much rewarding people who uh, had an artifact of power, you know, very wizard orientated. So that was the meta. Now that some of those rules have changed in the latest edition of the General's Handbook, we're, we're not seeing that as popular. Now, like, like last year, we had a situation where we had like horde armies was a thing, like everyone absolutely. ran like, big stuff. And then what you saw everywhere was a gaunt summoner. Like you just saw that everywhere because that was the counter to horde armies because they were winning. So yeah, meta. So yeah, so pretty much the best way to summarize is that the meta is the highest percentage of what you're seeing in your games or what you're going to see in your games at an area. Um, like at the moment, for what I know is that the meta could change in the next three months after an FAQ that's coming out in January before CanCon. Because well, we'll get we'll get two FAQs out within the week now, right? With the the series of Sigma and yes. um, series of Sigma and Oryx, and then we also got the half annual, so like every six month FAQ and point changes from the GHB. Yep. Um. So because at the current moment, our game is now being updated every six months, which they've yep. announced. So yeah, and like like every yeah. every new release impacts the meta in some way. So uh, Craig Anderson here for really good point. He said secret Gotrek meta. Now that, that model didn't come with a battle tome, but that, but that changed things. You know, when Forbidden Power come out, that changed things. Um, now, not always do, do we adapt and we take up the meta or we go with the change, but all of these little drops, the new Death Army, the new Ogre book, um, potentially if James Workshop release a, a Christmas box set, um, and, and who knows what's in it that might spike more of those armies in the scene that, that weren't there currently. So, um, that's a bit of a baseline of what we're talking about here is the meta, uh, that popularity or that, uh, most common element of a game and, um, some things to consider, uh, as you're building, but Ash, you're devoted of Sigma, Luke, you've been playing Scourge Privateers for, for a long time now. Um, Ash, I'll start with yourself. Can you tell me a little bit about your army, your Devoted of Sigma, and, and, and tell me about this this theme that you've created? Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, so it f first all sort of started um, with the the initial book um, the, that um, released with the Zinch book. Um, so there was a, um, a novel that was released. I think it was called City of Secrets. The city's yeah, secret. secrets. Yeah, yep. and um, the main characters in that were a witch hunter and a dwarden, and um, that was sort of the first look at the nitty gritty side of the the cities of Sigmar and and like on the ground with the humans, um, and that sort of like sparked the interest. and And since then, there's been a lot of um, novels that Black Library have put out um, that have really focused in on particularly the the order of azir and that is the devoted of sigma allegiance um and so that sort of sparked my interest and and for a while i've been looking at the the war scrolls and um i've i mean for two years i've said that devoted of sigma are a thing 
Um, but just no one wanted to paint that many flagellants to, to get the army on the table. Um, and then we saw the Daughters well, of Cain come out, and that played very similarly. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, you, we, had, we actually had a phone call about 18 months, two years ago. I think I was boarding a flight to Vietnam. Uh, I think my flight for Jetstar was delayed and I was in the line. And we're talking about Devoted of Sigma. And um, I've got the army. You just had the balls to actually paint it and play with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, um, about about 18 months ago, I started working on the army and um, just like chipping away at it here and there in between the other projects. Um, and then towards the beginning of this year, after after CanCon, where I'd finished my Nighthorn army was where I really like knuckled down and, and got the army painted um and it took a good six months to get the the full 145 dolents painted along with the heroes that go with it um but yeah like now that it's done um and i've put it on the table i it's sort of a little bit of um approval that it actually did work it was i was right um so ha huh, anyone that thought i was wrong <laughs> and there's a trophy I'm, there to prove it. You uh, yeah. came fourth at uh, Sydney GT, a two and a half thousand point um, event. Um, so it just shows you that uh, a non-meta army can still be powerful, can still surprise your opponents. It still has legs. Doesn't mean that just because they're not featured in the top ten, that doesn't mean they'll ever not feature. Um, so well done to you, Ash. Uh, Luke. Luke, you have been running Scourge Privateers now, our seafaring piratey elves, uh, for a good six or 12 months. I know we played together at CanCon. I'm sure you've been playing with it now until the Cities of Sigma. What got you into Scourge? Um, well, funnily enough, the exact same book that uh, Ash is talking about, uh, City of Secrets. Um, got hooked on the character Arakazenth from the novel, who's a Scourge Privateer that sort of works with Hanover Toll. She has her own agenda, but the idea of like these pirating mercenaries that are good guys, but they're as good as, you know, Daughters of Cain or Ideneth are in that aspect. Um, and around the time when I started, LLV had just started doing its stats. And there was sort of this inclination to go, I'm going to make my own stat in that. I'm going to do something that no one else has done. I'm going to make you make stats just for me. Be the best and in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm both the best and worst Scourge Privateers player in the world. I think, I think you, yeah, you were the first who came up. There was no uh, Scourge Privateer stat, and I guess uh, by the sound of it, it was a challenge. Yep, and kept my um, positive win rate in tournaments for the past almost 18 months now. What did happen to that stat show? I don't know. I just I, I just looked it up, and I think the last update was uh, in June. So um, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, the Honest Wargamer, uh, for at least 12 months, if not longer, was running a, yeah, like a, uh, and a, half. Uh, a weekly uh, update of uh, all of the, the, the top winning armies from each of the tournaments across the world, and then could break it down into a win-loss percentage um between the army so you could kind of start seeing as the meta changes the the rise of the daughters of cain at the time uh, and the decline of say the beast claw raiders uh and then you started seeing some really interesting things where stormcast uh might increase or decrease but um that's kind of a nice way to kind of define the meta as well seeing that some armies had a crazy win percentage i think you know some armies were at 80 percent so 88 percent um, win rate was doors of cain so yeah um yeah, it feels like that one book actually spiked both of you guys. I've read that book and it was pretty darn cool. 
Yeah. It's a really good book. Yeah. Um, anything by Nick Horth in Age of Sigma is fantastic. Super Keen's asked, uh, do fake armies count as off meta? Uh, I'm assuming you are talking either about the Tomb Kings, Bretonia. Uh, in that case, if you're running around with, with, with Tomb Kings, it is absolutely off meta. Um, those armies uh, will surprise your opponent. They're not going to know the rules. Uh, absolutely, they are not meta. Uh, although Dan Brewer, I think, went 5-0 and at my event. So uh, maybe five and he went five and zero. It dropped two tertiaries. That's it. There you go. Oh, Chorf, Sorry, the Chorf, The um, the 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 chaos dwarves. Uh, yes, absolutely. I know the chaos dwarves. So yes, ah. absolutely. Like like uh, I probably play chaos dwarves once a year, if that. So uh, another one of those armies that are off meta. Very cool. Um, so it sounds like you guys have all started with a narrative. You got you guys found a story. You found a picture, and that really inspired you both. Yeah, and that's been the case with all of the armies that I've chosen really up until this point was that I've, I've whether it's been from the, the stories in the battle tome or in the core book, that that's sort of what spurred me into um, the, collecting the army as, as a whole because I'll buy every battle tome that comes out um, and just just to keep on top of the rules and on top of the meta, I guess. Um, but, yeah, when when the, the narrative is um, is really solid or, like, it's there's something in it that trig- like triggers with... Um, something that I'm excited about doing that's where it then turns into a, a hobby project for me. Yeah, pretty much the same. Like the narrative or not necessarily the narrative in general, but models have to speak to me to be able to do something. Um, and definitely the narrative, if the narrative is the next part, and then like there's always going to be like the little bit of like, can I actually play this as an army is always going to be that little thing. You don't want to go collect mm-hmm. an army of shadow blades. I really wanted to. For a long uh, time actually, <laughs> saying that I do own two thousand points of Shadow Blades. Um, well, if you anyway. want to sell it, let me know. <laughs> um, oh, they're good now though, because Shadow Warriors are Shadow Blades, so that's a good army now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so why? I, I guess uh, while Liam thinks up a question, I'm sure he's ready to jump in firing. Um, why why would somebody and i guess you know speaking on behalf of yourself or maybe other people around you why would somebody forego uh buying a start collecting box and i think that's a barrier to entry right there are so many high value um you know low cost uh, options like the stormcast like um slanesh that you can get all these great stuff that's easy to to, to buy uh, at your local games workshop uh, as uh, yeah, and, and what you guys are doing essentially is you're walking in and you have to order in advance. You very rarely can pick a box up off the shelf. Um, There's not that many models available. Um, uh, hell, Devoted of Sigma, what have you got? You had at the time, what, five models? Flagellant, War Altar, Witch Priest, Warrior, uh, Witch, Witch Hunter, Warrior, Witch Hunter Priest. Warrior Priest. So you had four. Excelsior War Priest. Excelsior, so you had five War Scroll options, yet you yeah. have collected 2,000 points. And I'm sure, uh, Danima, you're about that five or six as well. Could you have Fleet Master, <laughs> Chariot, your Shooty Elves, and Charybdis. Okay. That's all they need. <laughs> so why did you give, why did you forego the box sets, the the, the discount values, the, the easy to builds? Why did you forego all of this stuff um, and, and run with a narrative or run with something that's just not popular? Um, well, for starters, they're actually not quite as expensive. A lot of the old world armies are still like prices from back in the day. So things like boxes of Scourge Privateers are still only 40 bucks. That might sound like a lot for someone not listening from Australia, but in Australia, that's a really cheap box. 
like 20 quid yeah something. yeah yeah like it's it's a cheap box and like my characters are still 22 even the charybdis is only like 86 dollars mm. which is really cheap for a monster yeah. Well, I mean, oh. perfect example, right? The free guild Griffin is uh, under a hundred, uh, you know, dollary dues. Um, compare yeah. that to something of similar value. Let's say the Mangler Squeak that came out uh, only the start of the year. It's one hundred and fifty dollar dollary dues. So straight yeah. off the bat, it's it's a saving there uh, for essentially a, a model of similar similar size. Yeah, and most of the time, quality. A lot of the kits that are around nowadays are still like pretty late fantasy like i think the actual scourge privateers are now the oldest kit and currently available they're pretty cool still be close, yeah um oh dryads That's... might have them true andrew bigwood makes thing... a really good comment here as well he says you know the uniqueness and the modeling opportunities um ash did you find that as you were going through you devoted um well so modeling isn't necessarily one of the the parts of the hobby that i really enjoy so i generally just build the models as they are in the kit um but like with the with the flagellants kit there's there's some crazy number of combinations that you can get it's, i think it's over three thousand different combinations of like model that you can build out of that kit which is just 10 bodies um so the it's not necessarily a, a modeling opportunity for me but it was more that i can use the kit and i can get enough variation within the army that it still feels like each individual model is an individual guy um and yeah you can sort of take it from there and the some of the heroes like like the war altar i just love the kit i don't didn't feel like i needed to change that at all i just used the the two different versions of it that you can build out of the same box so there's the the version with flags and the um the Volkmar the Grim old model on the top, um, and you can do the other warrior priest as well. So, um, yeah, for me, it was it was not necessarily for the modeling opportunity, but um, just because I love the models and because the kits are cool. Yeah, um, I'll add to that, like a little bit you're saying, like about the multiple different options. You don't need to model a, couple, a lot of the older kits more because they're not such dynamic poses like we have with the more modern models where you get forego, I guess, a little bit of the customization for a more open posed and free flowing model. You've got a lot of options. Like I still have like heaps and heaps of privateer bits left over because I've got a multi-part kit that's actually like, you know, legs, torso, two arms, and I've got every model could have a different set of arms and head. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's the same for flagellants as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's, I think, same idea. There's, I think the legs and um body is there's a single piece but you've got 10 different versions of that and then you can throw on the arms and um and the heads as you will uh, and there's heaps of extra customization bits in the box as well so there's little um like little torches and little um candles and um like little sigmarite icons and things like that as well so um, there's a lot of opportunity there just within the kit itself to to build it how you want to yeah so um just one thing as well to point out, you guys are talking about heaps about like order units as well. Like would, what would be like an off meta unit or like army that would be outside of the Grand Alliance order? Uh, Gutbusters at the moment would probably be first on my pick. Yeah. Yep. Anything else? Just so like, just for like our listeners or people who are watching who are thinking like, oh, it sounds like it's just order that's off the meta. Like, well, what else like, is there? Shout out to um, Deke Johnson with his um, with his vampire army is 
very off meta. Yes, the Legions of Nagash you see all the time, but you never see people playing just the just the vampire, the Soul Blight side. Yeah, absolutely. Deke and Deke's been running Soul Blight for a long time. Um, uh, Andrew Bigwood for CanCon's running the uh, the Horde. Um, yeah, that's another good shout. Um, you could even argue like potentially Nurgle is like off meta at the moment. It's not that frequent a thing to see. It was in meta for a little while. It was most certainly, but at the moment, it yeah. probably is off meta compared yeah, to like Aragorn and Slanish. Yeah, yeah, and it's, again, so like for example, you mentioned Gutbusters, and you guys have mentioned Soulblind stuff. Like those are armies that like haven't been touched as well, like model wise yeah. for fifteen years plus. Would you say? Uh, uh, maybe well, not like I, said, I think the oldest. What's the oldest kid in Gutbusters? Uh, earlier than Dryads. Dryads, I'm pretty sure, at 06, because I know the Wood Elf release, because it was the year the World Cup happened. So, um, um, and I got that army. So they're the current oldest kit, unless the Privateers are older, but I'm pretty sure they're 07, uh, 6th edition Dark Elves. Yeah. Cameron, I would absolutely say Seraphon is off meta. Uh, they're certainly uh, not showing up very often, if any, uh, at some events. Um, there's things, uh, again, and I think I can't remember who said it. Um, uh, Ever Chosen is another one. Um, off better as well can be uh, not even just armies. It could be just particular models. So I know um, yeah. James Mabry and uh, another friend of mine, uh, Dave McElroy, uh, runs big blocks of 60 zombies. Now, uh, yeah. how often do people uh, in the chat, you know, or, or, or players who are listening to this, um, how often do you see those big blocks of zombies anymore? Um you know, even from a free people perspective, it's almost like every time people build swords and uh, swords and shields for their free guild guard, that back in the day it was all about the halberdiers. How how often do you see halberdiers and, and spears? Looks like, um, Luke, you've got some zombies. Yeah, I have everything in this room. Um, but yeah, everything. <laughs> so do you have your own GW store, like, in your house? Is that what I'm hearing? Sorry, what's your address again, yeah, he does. Maybe, yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> but but you know, K- KO is another example. It's very very rare that you see them on on the board. Um, yeah, yeah you, and, can and, in, you can throw in a few more of those more recent releases. So things like even Beasts of Chaos, you don't see too often. Um, the Night Haunt, you don't see that often. Um, things like um, wait, 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 wait. You see Night Haunt, but it's not in Night Haunt. You don't see Nighthorn Allegiance very often. Yeah, um, things like Allegiance very often. Similar John makes a good point, Mentioned that you can you can take Stormcast with all the new cast stuff, but um, if you take things like Dracoline, uh, not Dracoline, Dracos, um, and some of the old like Liberators, you don't see that stuff very often. That counts as off meta as well. See, with and that's that's a really the, good comment. I, I'm I'm not going to try to pronounce that because I'll I'll butcher that unless you guys want to take tackle that. Seraphon's situation will change as GW eventually starts to completely delete the fine cast. Or they just might recast them to plastic. Like Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a really good point. The cycle for meta does change. So um there, there are there are peaks and troughs. There was a time where Zench was uh was primarily the only chaos you saw on the table. Now Zench is pretty rare to see. So uh, that cycle does change very uh, very frequently. Just one thing for Joel's comment, like you would some people would like for example right would see ash's list and be like that looks like shit 
So for the, for the people I, who are going to listen to I'm this like, later as a podcast, Liam, I'll just call out Joel's comment. So Joel McGrath has said, it's important to note that there are differences between off-meta armies and armies that are just garbage in the current meta. Sorry, continue. Right. Like, for example, right, like, if I didn't know Ash, right, and I read Ash's list from Sydney GT, I'd be like, this is the most garbage list ever. This And, like, if I didn't know Ash, I would probably be like, this guy's, like, coming from the old world and he's just bringing his stuff over to, like, AOS, right, ever, because, like, in me, I was just like, I have no idea what it does. But then you like, you watch it play and you go, actually, no, this is amazing. Like, this is what it, it's supposed to do. Um, and then the other thing as well is there's some armies as well, but just like their model range is so small that like you can't do much with it. Like, for example, Shadow Blades before Cities of Sigma had two units. Well, the five armies had one. And Fireballs had one, and Gutbusters didn't have. I, I tried to build an, a Collegiate Arcane army. It was actually. I one thought of you were going to say you were going to build a Fireballs army. I was like, what yeah. the hell are you going to say? I have a Lion <laughs> Rangers army. I, I tried to build a Collegiate Arcane army. Uh, I really did. I remember. Um, I, I remember. tried so hard, and I'm like, how do I get battle line in this army? And I tried everything. I even got a Forge World Destruction um, Fire Elemental oh, that I worked that out one. a way to bring into my Magic army. Uh, other than like one little small nuance at the time, but I had no battle line. So uh, there was, <laughs> so. Yeah, so <laughs> it's just like, I wouldn't say that things are like garbage. Like every single unit's rules have been like, um, yeah, again, can we bring up Joel's comment? Like uh, this is the new one. It's yeah. Like he so says, BCO would be considered off meta, but he in reality, it's garbage in any meta outside a casual pickup game. I literally saw Beast Call Raiders smash people's face like two or three games on the weekend. Like, this guy literally, I forgot his name. He's a Damien, I think it was. Hey, Damien it? Newsom? Yeah, Damien yeah. rocked up with his Beast Call Raiders and he just went full on, went in, and his opponent didn't leave the deployment zone for three turns and tabled him. Yeah. Like, like, it's just those things where like those armies are good. And if the people know what they're doing, they'll be good. Like, um, Matt Campbell. Let's bring up Matt Campbell. He ran Beast Core Raiders as a joke uh, at a team event. Was it two years ago, Ash? Yeah. And he, uh, went, and it, he went 4-0, and I'm yep. pretty sure. And the only loss that he went was with me with my Flesh Eaters back in the day. So, like, every army can be doing well if the general knows what the hell they're doing. Or, but and this is a great thing. But, but, but it's awesome. And they're off meta. So, like, anything that's off meta, you might be thinking, like, oh, their rules are garbage. Honestly, pick it up. If you like the models, pick it up and just practice. Like, I can't emphasize the word practice, practice, practice when it comes to this game. Act so practice might, heaps with Devoted. So that, like, that, actually, that might be a really good point just to call out for a second. So when you're starting off this, you know, you know, quote-unquote non-meta army, Luke, Ash, uh, is it fair to assume that when you picked up these armies and you started them, you're, you well, you weren't looking at this battle tome or you weren't looking at your War Scrolls thinking, I'm going to go 5-0 and oh or 6-0 and oh at a tournament? Like, was that your primary motivation when you picked up the Scourge Privateers, Luke? Oh, certainly not. I might have yelled it out a lot in, like, a joking fashion, but it most certainly wasn't. In every single um, stream in the history of the world uh, oh, while yeah. you played Scourge. Yeah, yeah, fight me. Um, <laughs> he, he went he went like this. He goes, I'm going to beat the coach at KingCon. He, he did. He he, he did beat me. Uh, and he did. Shame yeah. for my family. Uh, I had a new battle I tone, have not but... lost a grudge match in any game I have played with Scourge Privateers. Anyone who's accepted the challenge has lost in a grudge match. And they're tough. And they're tough. But but the, the point is, is that you didn't get into this army because you're looking there going, there's some unlocked filth here that I'm going to go 5-0. and o. That wasn't your primary motivator. 
winning games no. is certainly your secondary, but it was the the story that you read. It was the the modeling opportunities. It was the uniqueness of, you know, even when I played free people in 2017, people were like, oh, I don't I don't get to play this army very often. It was a new experience for my opponent. They had they had genuine questions and curiosity of how my army played. Um 99% of the time people were really excited to play the free people. There's like, I've never played the free people before, as opposed to going to a tournament where you play the the third legions of Nagash army with a block of 30 to 60 Grimgast Reapers. And you're like, oh, another one. Another oh, don't one. get me started. <laughs> but, but, but you lose the excitement. And that, that's the challenge when you go with a meta army. You run a Slanesh. You can be one of the many Slanashes and you, you get just bundled into the group. Yeah, yeah, you become a statistic rather than your own gamer. Yeah, and I mean, the perfect example, CanCon last year, I played games, uh, what was it, two to five, all Legions of Nagash, and they were all Zombie Dragon, Ethereal Amulet, all 30 Grimgast Reapers, all Necromancer next to them, all Arcan. Yeah. And you see the combinations before, but then you see the likes of Craig where it's like, I'm running Archeon with, you know, three or four units of Varangard. It's like, wow, I've never played Varangard before. This is a really cool experience. I'm so excited. Um, I'm I'm genuinely curious to play. So the the play experience with a non-meta army, I, I love playing Damien with his Beast Claw Raiders, as opposed to if I play someone with you know uh, Slanesh for the third time in a row. And I'm giving Slanesh a bit a pretty bad rep, but I'm calling it out because they oh, are. No, the, it's not just you. The, it's just the whole they, community. They are the meta army right now. You know, you can go to a tournament and play them twice, three times out of five games. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah. People were happy to play like my privateers at any event. Yeah, no one ever, no one ever complained about playing Nighthorn or Devoted to Sigma. Well, people complained about my Zinch, but that was that was a different story. But if you picked up your Zinch today, uh, do you think you'd have the same experience as you did, say, two years ago when it was all about the Gaunt Summoner? Uh, it was about the magical supremacy. If he's, if he's playing Change Host, yes. <laughs> Uh, I have never played Change Host, actually. I've never played the Demons. It's always been Arcanites. Um, and I'll tell you in two weeks how people feel about it because I'll be taking it to Runa. I can, I can happily say, I can happily say when we played, I remembered very quickly that there's no point in casting spells against Zeech. <laughs> like, there is no point. Like, yeah. it was literally just like, oh, yeah, you're going to cast any spells? There's no freaking point. Like, you are going to dispel everything. Like, there Ash, is, let's, pl- let, let's play soon with my 11 caster Hello Heart list. Let's oh, no. You, will, you won't be casting a spell, Anthony. I'm straight up going to tell you, you're not going to cast a spell. Can they stop spells cast on a 21? Uh, yes. I don't think they <laughs> <laughs> Because you're, you're, av- you're averaging cast is like 16, 17 with them. Yeah, they're pretty high. What, Hello Heart? Yeah. yeah, you can get quite easily yeah. to average 16, 17. Like a plus 10. It's, it's, it's... The sorceress can get up to plus 23, can get a 23 as her maximum cast. It's fine. Yeah, this is a Sigma was perfectly fine. Don't worry. That's Anyways. Show, that's, that's a show in like two to four weeks' time where we'll talk about the meta and building for the meta. We'll but see if they survive the, the, the um, yeah. death AQ. Yeah. <laughs> um, they probably might need to make a new rule saying the maximum cast you could ever make is 12. Um, but yeah, so like there's, yeah, because the thing I just want to state when we were talking about like armies and stuff, it's like every army has like a fairly decent war scroll. Like I remember when like I was looking at, um, Ash was doing Wanderers, you were starting a Wanderers army yeah. back in the day. And like that then no one ever plays them. And then when you start seeing them play like, holy crap, this is a shock. Like 
McGammy. Well, McGammy was doing it, and he did very well with it. Um, four, four and one, I'm pretty sure, at some places in Queensland. Like Dave Kerr, I think, won a, a pretty big, uh, I think it was one of the Briz Hammers with Bone Spitters at the time, which weren't that popular. Yeah. I know he's currently running around with uh, a Darkling Coven army. So Plus, um, plus Gotrek. Plus, plus Gotrek. Can't forget Gotrek. He's in that list. He he built most of that army before GoTrack came out, yeah. though. So give him credit yeah, where it's there's, due. There's, I'll give him credit. Like, it, Darkling Commons is a cool army. Um, and again, like, there's just those things where, like, and most of these, by the way, most of these armies that we're mentioning, they actually have a pretty good ally pool with new model ranges. Like, for example, Deepkin can be in all these elves that we're mentioning and stuff. So, like, there is definitely legs in all these armies that we're mentioning, which is off meta. But you can bring in units from the on-meta yep. to that army. Yeah, Paul Griggs yeah, did with Hawk Raid uh, Agents as well is another perfect example. So um, I think, I think you know, we talked a little bit about meta and kind of um, how we got into it. I think one of the big questions um, that I want to ask you both is um, if I was starting an army, you know, there's so many great resources available to me. You know, uh, if I was starting, let's say, a, a Blades of Corn army, um, I could probably find battle reports on um, on YouTube. I could probably find people doing list reviews or or even you know tournament winning lists. Um, I could find podcasts talking about the book, and you know to get into this game it'd be very easy. But if I was starting up the Scourge Privateers, the uh, the Beast Claw Raiders, you know the the Disciples of Zench, um, these resources are pretty limited to none. So I guess. How can I improve my performance? How you know what 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 tools or, or resources or communities are available to me uh, if I'm playing one of these non-meta armies like Devoted, like Scourge Privateers, like Beast Claw Raiders? Um, well, I'll start with yes, I am the man that runs all the Facebook groups, and there's certainly a way. There's a reason why I started up um the Scourge Privateer Facebook group, the Dark and Covens one. I own all those armies, and it was just like I want to get those few couple of hundred people that play them together and then it's not as easy to get together like say the iron Jewish group has got three thousand members you're just trying to get these 200 dudes together these little pieces of around the world and you can start talking 200 plus some people 200 plus drunk liam who thought that running a dark and commons army was a good idea the dark um, and commons i think is like 400 500 now that's i mean yeah. it's a big model range but yeah. yeah just getting these little factions like their own little piece in the world where people can come together and talk about them was like sort of a start when I did. Yeah. And along the same vein, there's a lot of WhatsApp groups that you can join to, to get into that stuff as well. Even just um, something that I found is that um, whenever I'm posting something onto Twitter, I'll just like put the hashtag with the, with the army that I'm working on and that'll connect you with other people that are looking into that army as well. So I've met up with uh, one of the guys over in Scotland that's been doing really well with Devoted to Sigma as well and um, Simon from the UK as well that's been doing uh, Devoted to Sigma for a little while. So like the three of us are like the bros that are on the Devoted to Sigma and um, we've been like sort of throwing lists around with each other and so it's really cool. And I, yeah. I found that, I found that uh, correct me if I'm wrong, generals that play these types of armies are pretty generous with their time i remember uh, i think was it mick wendell who won uh, a tournament maybe it was five and oh or he won a tournament um with gut busters allegiance and people were just like oh my god how did you do this and he was just super informative he shared his list he talked through um how and why and what he did um because he wants other gut busters players to to be as successful as he was and um, I find while it's a smaller pool of community, 
uh, they're a lot tighter. Um, Ash, you've just called it out. That's a really good example. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Um, you want, if you are going to play one of these armies, be open and like try and give your success because then you'll get more people onto your cause. If you, like, it's what I tried to do with the privateers. I've got more people, like the privateers groups now gone from when I first started playing with them. It was like 30 members. It's now almost 300 in the space of a year. Now, so we've got, and people are actually posting like full armies of privateers now, which is great. <laughs> so could I ask this question as well, since about getting into armies and stuff? Well, um, since like most of these armies with you guys are like run and stuff is like a hobby aspect and stuff, but did you guys ever, I know Ash has, but did you ever run armies where they were like on meta beforehand? Like, do you feel like it's a good idea to like play with an army? I wouldn't say if it's like on easy mode, but it's like very more supported in the game to get an understanding of like tactics and gameplay and then like kind of move on to the, like the off meta stuff. I can see um, the, the argument for that, um, uh, but for me, it was actually a little bit of the opposite situation where playing the army that was on meta was actually a more negative experience than playing an off-meta army. So when I was playing my Disciples of Zinch, I never played the, the Change Host or the, the horrific units of 27 Skyfires, but it always became that conversation at the start of the game, like, oh, you're playing Zinch, oh, you're playing Zinch, you know, like... Well, um, before, you, before you played Zinch, you played Gordrak Iron Jaws, which never mm -hmm. existed. Like, that was off-meta. Like That's before true. then, you were like before then, like Iron Jaws were in meta. Like destruction was super strong. Like we can all say that but destruction was really strong when you played Iron Jaws. Yeah, it was like you guys. It was like, oh, you guys move how many inches? Oh, you know, I move like pretty much twelve inches. Then I get to charge you. Then I smash your face, and then you concede. Um, so you did run an army where it was like kind of like off meta, but was also on meta. Then you went on to an on meta. Then you went back to off meta. Does that make sense? But like, did yeah. you find that like? You went to Gordrak and then you got to Zeech and then you got onto like off meta armies. Do you feel like that experience with on meta, like just with gameplay and stuff, you go, cool, I can do this and this and this. Then when you went into off meta, you kind of have a, like, I got all this experience behind me. I can like it's run a holiday. this army. Like, like it's, it's a, a holiday. Break. It's a break. Like that was like, that was like cool. And then now you've gone into this off meta thing. Like now I have to work hard, but I can't do it because I have a background understanding of like how to win the game or like yeah, how to like. I agree with Does that. that yeah. Um I yeah. think the the biggest thing there is that um when you when you're playing any army, it's all about the amount of reps that you can do to to get up gain up your skills. And so whether that's yeah. um doing reps with the same army over and over and over again. So whether you pick an army and stick with it for like three years, then Matt Campbell's now been playing corn. Or if you <laughs> if you choose a variety of armies with different play styles and then that can expand the way that you play. So that's what I do is I'll, whenever I choose a new army, it'll be a new play style and a new hobby experience for me. So my Iron Jaws is obviously very smashy, very run across the table. Then Zinch, a lot more tricksy, can play in all the different phases of the game. Taking on to the Night Haunt, you've got like a lot of skirmishing, multiple small units, and then into the Diverted Sigma with a Horde. Um, and playing all those different types of armies even though not all of them are meta choices, it gives you an insight into how to play against the meta choices, um, which I think is really valuable. Yeah. Luke, what armies did you play before you were going off meta? Like, did you play anything that was on meta before you went off meta? Maybe, um, maybe the meta question like, you, you be, like, you can be super honest. Like, um, be like what did you play? Not for long. Like, did you... I've played a little bit of Stormcast um, in between, but yeah. my first Age of Sigma army was ported straight over from Fantasy, which was my Wood Elves, so turned into Wanderers. I never went down the Sylvaneth route. Um, 
because I'm an elf player through and through and tree spirits were garbage in Fantasy 8. Um, it was all about... Um, and so, yeah, I came over straight away with an off-meta army. People didn't know what Wanderers did. Um, yeah. And I dabbled a little bit in Stormcast, but still, um, yeah. You just went straight back to off-meta. So, yeah. like, for me, my experience has been I went to Sylvan F. So I first started with Sylvan F. And then I, would you guys all say when I started Sylvan F, it was, like, on meta at the time? It was popular-ish. Sylvan F was quite popular. They certainly yeah, were. It was really kind of hard to spam. But- it was kind of hunter spam. And then I went to what was that second army I ran? Flesh Eaters. Now, before bullshit book that came out six months ago, when Flesh Eaters was like, no one ever looked at it. I remember this. No one ever looked at Flesh Eaters. Like everyone's like, Flesh Eaters is garbage. And I ran Dead Watch and like I caught people by surprise by it, right? But since I had all the experience from Sylvaneff, when I carried it over to Feck, I was like, okay, cool. Like I can do some really busted stuff with this, even though I ran pretty much a Chrono Hunter list, but in Feck version. And then I quickly went back to Sylvan F and then, cause it was then went off meta and then went on meta again with Doors of Kendra. All I had to do was move forward. And then back to like, it was like constantly going, but like with me going to something that was like on meta has always helped me when I went off meta. Um, so that's why I asked that question to see if it was like something similar where like maybe practicing an army that is on meta and getting the game an understanding of like objectives and competing against other armies that are also on meta because you're at the top tables and stuff. And yeah, like it just helps you out when you start going like really skew and start being like, I'm going to run this, I'm going to run this. Yeah, so, exactly. If, if you want to do really well, if you want to do really well in every tournament you go to, suddenly by choosing an on meta army yeah, to begin army. with, if you're giving yourself a good, a good chance in your first tournament ever um, by choosing something a little bit off meta. You still get just as much experience, but you might not win all your games. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you go on meta, you'll be at the top tables. Like, we're talking about, like, tournaments and stuff. Um, But if you go somewhere where, like, you're on meta, you're going to be meeting the top players on the top tables because they're also on meta. And then when you start going, like, okay, cool, I'm going to go off meta, you'll have all that experience from playing those top players. And then you go, cool. And then when you go back to the tournament with Devoted Sigma, people are going to be like, haha, Devoted Sigma. You're like, haha, hold my beer. Watch See, I, I I disagree with you on that one, Liam. Um, and oh, I I, I, I massively, I, no, absolutely, I'll, I'll massively disagree with you on this one. Uh, I love the, the chat and even the comments later to 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 share which side you're on. If I start if I start with a on meta army, let's say I went to get my local games workshop today and I picked up uh, three secrets and a whole bunch of slanish. Right, I go in and I'm going to. Uh, start my Slanesh army and I, and I punch face and I, I absolutely destroy it tournaments. I go five and oh, four and one. You know, I'm really, really good at what I do. I then walk away and I try something different. If I haven't built the foundations of what makes a successful tournament and how do I build a strong list, I, I don't think the foundations are quite there. I'm going to get frustrated and likely quit. So, in my opinion, you've got to start building the foundations of, of learning the game then you can pick up a meta army uh, or a non-meta army. I just don't think they, they correlate between the two. I um, think you pick Sinesh as the wrong army to pick on that, but let's just we're talking, say... We're, we're talking meta. We're talking meta here. Yeah, yeah so we're talking I, like... we're talking like Sinesh, Sinesh is legitimately like AOS on easy mode more so than Doors of Cain. Like, for example, let's just okay, say you bought a Doors of Cain. Let's say we bought Doors of Cain, right? 
you'll learn so much more out of Daughters Camp because that oh, army has... I, oh, shit. No, if, I take, no. if I take 90 to 120 Witch Elves <laughs> under Hagnar with a bunch of Witch Elves, uh, uh, Hag Queens, I push them forward, what am I learning? I'm learning how to push things forward. You want an army that you can about play in all phases of the game. Yeah, Sorry, Luke. You want an army that can play in all phases. Yeah. If you want to play an army, you want an army that can compete in all phases of the game, not just play. So this doesn't mean like something that has a shooting unit. It needs to be able to have a shooting phase. It needs to be able to have a hero phase that involves all parts of the hero phase. It needs to have a combat phase. It needs to have a movement phase. Yeah, It needs to so have like a battle phase as well. So like, so like armies, like, for example, Doors of Cain has something in every phase. If you build I'm not saying like, I'm not... Yeah, no, I certainly. It's, it's legit- it legitimately, 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 the net list right now is every phase because they have harpies that shoot, they have retreat and charge, they have all that stuff in their list. Like they have shenanigans that will teach you about the game. This is why so Stormcast. The this is why Stormcast, Stormcast. Is, the, is the is the the good army to start with. That's why it's traditionally the one that's recommended because it it, it activates in all the phases. It's not super strong in one of them. It's more of a utility knife. Um, Unless yeah. And oh, yeah, I know what he's Stormcast saying. would also get mentioned because of painting standards as well. There's another great reason why a starting army should be easy to paint. Yeah, large flat areas are both easy and but allow you to progress your painting st- standards and skills as well. I think there's definitely look. There's definitely pros and cons on both sides. I absolutely see what Liam has to say. Uh, I also disagree with certain things, but I think long story short, um, the meta what armies and the, what. There was a comment up with Ryan Hooper. He said something about uh, he started four months. Where, where, here we go. So I started about a year ago with trees, and then there was that for four months gap of trees, then jumped on Slanesh, and I agreed to uh, couch the main focus. What? Main coach. The main focus. Okay, agreed okay, the coach the main you. focus had was trying not to let the crutch make me sloppy. Yeah, so he went to an army that is hard to play, right? Absolutely. And then he went to an army, went to an army that was easy. Let's say let's all agree, right? Sanesh is AOS on easy mode. Yeah, but he, so was he Jordan, rolled two so up. So was Flesh Eater Quartz at the time. Yeah, yeah. When they ne- FAQ'd it, but so that's the thing. Like he went into a really hard level. Like I like I see this all over on like the Sylvaneth page. There's people in the Sylvaneth page, right? That are literally dropping the army because it's too hard to play. If that makes sense. Yeah, but like it's to got me, a lot of rules and new but like, but like to me, but like to me, right? I'm like, oh no, this army is fine. Like it is. The thing, but that's because again, I played on an army like armies which were on meta, and then now with my Sylvaneth, I can compete against off like the on meta with an off meta army. Does that make I sense? See what, I see what you mean, and it, it comes down a little bit to what um, I think Joel was saying in the comments before that um, if you if you learn the tournament experience, experience. with an on meta army, it gives you the tools that you need to be able to play at that level, and then yeah. you can take that experience to the the off meta yeah. army, and that will allow you to. Um, understand where the nuance is in movement and piling in, uh, where the nuance is in, uh, like, making sure that your buffs are within range. Um, like, even with Daughters of Canes, as much as it is a, uh, an obvious choice, Move the forward. way that you need to do to do it is you need to leave a string back to your three-inch buff from your Hag Seven-inch. Se- seven oh, no, three-inch for the Hag Queen, but seven-inch for everything else. 
Yeah. But, so, um, like, th there is still that nuance in the in the list, and same thing with Slanesh. I would say is that you do still need to have the the heroes in a, a position that allows them to summon um, things like legions and the gash. You still had to be able to protect your grave sites to be able to bring back those forty Grimgast Reapers when you needed to. Um, so, even though they are easy mode armies, um, I think it still does give you a lot of experience in the nice. tournament setting to, to be able to take that to whatever army you choose. And it, it goes both ways. And that, that yeah. absolutely goes both ways. It's not unique yeah. to a, a meta army. Um, you know, learning, no. learning the hard way. If, you, if I walked into the game and I started with a Devudge of Sigmar army, I learned the hard way how to win. Then absolutely when I go into a, um, uh, a, a top tier army, uh, I'm absolutely going to smash it up because I've absolutely learned every single rule and the importance of making the most of every single model because I don't have all of the benefits that those stronger armies currently have. So uh, it absolutely goes both ways. Now, Ash, you brought this up earlier where you actually ran an on-meta army, but you picked off-meta units. Yeah. Now, and I remember... Everyone would like looked at you being like, why on earth don't you have 27 Skyfires? I remember this conversation happened so often to you and you was like, because this is the thing. But, um, so what do you guys also say about like some of the on meta armies, right? Like Deepkin, Doors of Cannon stuff have off meta lists. Certainly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, cool. Deepkin throws. No, no, I was about to An say sharks. Throw it. Well, sharks. Yeah, sure. yeah, perfect example. Ben Spinetti and Sharks. Yeah. Perfect right. example. But Luke, you've called it out th thralls as well. Um, yeah. When you see when you see a, a deepkin army, well, I mean a thrall heavy list. Every list yeah, has yeah, thralls, yeah. but turtles, turtles is another example. Yeah, oh, turtles even, are the heroes. Um, the heroes. Even a, like a skaven list that focuses on Mulder or Ishan. Yeah, yeah, like um, Legion well, of the yeah, Gash so, with zombies. Um, so something else to mention in this show is that even on meta armies can be off meta. Right, like we never yeah, see a it's snake. Not about we never the see of the allegiance. It's about yeah. the the composition yes. of the army that you've chosen. Like, okay, let me ask this, guys: How many armies of Doors of Came? Like we talked about Doors of Came before, and we all talked about they just move forward. How many times have you played a only Snake Army Doors of Came? Uh, I play them on a regular basis. Okay, minus Luke. <laughs> um, how many? Yeah, um, just once. That is <laughs> once uh, the two local Daughters of Cain armies I play are both Temple Nest. Okay, that's well, awesome. that, see that there is off meta completely. Also, that is a <laughs> massive bank account hit, but it's a bank that's account thing, hit. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and, that's, and that's across a lot of things, Liam. Um, you know, when I was running my Legion of, of Nagash, I was, I was Manfred and Legion of Night. Um, I, think, I think the point you're trying to make that I 100% agree with is that um, the Beast Claw Raiders, as an example, isn't the only example of an off, uh, an off meta. There are off-meta components that catch people by surprise in almost all armies. Um, yeah. You know, the Cities of Sigmar is uh, is a book that everyone's talking about right now, but very few people. It's, people are only talking about the Hello Hearts, the um, the Hammer Halls, the um, the was it the Fellwater Fasters or something? Great, great, great Water Fasters in some yeah, capacity. whatever. Um, yeah. But you know, very few people are talking Tempest about Tempest Die is really some good. people. Some people aren't talking about yeah. Tempest Die, so. Um, and it, even in, amongst those as well, the that book itself has almost 50 War Scrolls in it. So it has so 43. 43, see, five less than Stormcast. There you go. So you'll see a lot. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Stormcast have what? Stormcast have 47 unit entries. That one army 
has 47 unit entries, but Caesar Sigma that combined it, how many allegiances to one has... Oh, it's technically cost. only three, it's only four army ranges, technically. I think, I think Nurgle can have more, actually, between uh, and um, throw in the Staves to Darkness. But yeah, anyway... I just want to bring okay. up a comment that uh, Corey um, has brought up, which is a really interesting comment. He said, uh, at present, it sounds like you are viewing the meta as a negative play experience. However, uh, should there be a discussion around the responsibilities of games work to ensure balance? So, um, look, the, the word balance uh, could probably be a, a seven to 10 hour discussion here on itself. Uh, but at a very high level, uh, I will say the meta is not a bad thing. The meta is not a good thing. The meta is the meta. Um, I would can, I, say, can I just can I give him a nice short answer what? about that? No, 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 no. We're going to let our guest speak first, Liam. You go first, Luke. But I got one thing. Right. To let our guest speak um, first. I'll probably say like, no, the meta is not a negative experience. I'll say the probably the meta has been the best I've ever seen it in Age of Sigma. Um, you hear people talking about the fat middle, and it's fatter than it's ever been. Like, yes, you have some outliers that some armies are better than others, and some are worse than others. But the vast majority of books. And even army builds fall in that fat middle, and you're more likely to find like, and it's why you're seeing armies now like fleshy to courts in middle table games, and armies like Gertrude Privateers or Devoted to Sigma, we're playing in mid tables to high tables because we all can do it, um, and the game's in a really good place because of it. Well, you think about Slanish, right? People have had a bad experience against Slanish, and people are going, "Well, I, I, I'm fighting last in combat. How do I avoid that?" If I know them going to a tournament and the meta is slanish, I'm going to try and find shooting. And all of a sudden, it's that type of stuff that puts those those high armies into balance um, as yeah, the I meta think kind of evolves. Dark Obliterator just said it well in the chat there. The meta isn't a bad guy. The meta isn't a good guy. The meta is a guy, and he's just the thing. Yeah. It could be a girl as well. That's that's uh, the Yeah, yeah, it could be a girl. Yeah. Um, it. Ash, the Ash, meta you it is a thing. Ash, are you going to add to that? Um. No, I think you guys have covered that pretty well. Um, I guess the only thing that I would say to to Corey's comment about um, balance, just to get ahead of Liam here, is that um, the, I guess the question is um, whether it's actually a good thing for the game to have every army as equally balanced. Um, and I would argue that it's more exciting for the game to have the bag guy, to have Slanesh, to have the, the Fletcher yeah, to have the boogeyman, yeah. so you can take it down with your devoted of Sigma yeah. in the last round of a tournament and get the the props for Respect. that. Like, I think oh, I think that's I think that's I, good for the game. Yeah, related so to like the, a sporting tournament where you've yeah. got you have the big teams up top, you have the little teams down bottom, and everyone roots for those little minnows to like. I know, think of when Leicester won the Premier League; like everyone was rooting for them. Let's let's um, say this like. <laughs> I was about to say there were five thousand or one odd to win the Premier League. There we go. Awesome. Like, yeah. Let's, let's let's just talk about a soccer reference quickly, where like Australia goes up against Brazil, right? And we all thought we we're going to get smashed, <laughs> right? But we actually held our own, and we did well. And like, there has to be a bad guy in the game. There has to be a boogeyman in it. Like, and to be honest, it keeps it fresh, and it makes you want to write more different lists. Like, I remember with the activation wars, um, you saw Sisters of Slaughter. Sorry for bringing back doors again, but you saw there's a sort of comeback being like, okay, cool. We got six inch piling, bring on your activation wars. Um, also that meta, like the meta changing with the activation wars again, um, you have to bring in like playing techniques. Like for example, at Lords of War, I had to, I went up against a Gristle Gore list 
right? Where they get to strike first and all this shenanigans, right? And I literally just went up to this guy and said, by the way, I'm just going to do something that's going to really piss you off. And he goes, haha, I doubt it because i got a strike first mechanic. And I was like, no, no, this will piss you off. I charged my unit in three inches away from his Crystal Gore General, but I piled, I end a charge next to a unit half an inch to his ghouls or whatever. So I said, cool, I'm half an inch to them. They're the closest unit, but they're next to your Crystal Gore General. I'm three inches out. And I said, okay, cool. And I looked him dead in the eye. I'm like, start of the combat phase. Do you have anything to do? He goes, oh, no, my mechanic only works at start of the combat phase. I'm like, cool, awesome. Now I get to pile in and kill your general. And like doing stuff like that, doing techniques like that, cause of the meta makes you a better general. Yeah. So I wouldn't say GW is the bad guy or anything like that. If anything, GW is saying like, okay, cool, guys, here's a mechanic that we're going to throw in. How are you going to counter it? And we all just went, cool, hold my beer. Let's show you how to fuck this shit up. And that's what I mean, the current one, the current one is endless spells coming. Well, to I, the I would say. Here. I would say Gotrek is is currently oh, yeah, there. Yeah. It's, it's like we, we you get punished once. It's like you know, you, shame on me. I I didn't handle Gotrek correctly. Now I'm like, right, how am I going to tweak it? How am I going to either ignore him? How am I going to try to use like a shackles? How am I going to handle somebody in a two thousand point battle, one quarter of their yeah. army in one single bottle? Um, so yeah. Um, look, I think we're kind of deviating a little bit from this meta versus non meta. Um, <laughs> some interesting discussion. Just to answer Corey's question, I think what JDW is doing is fine. Um, it makes us better generals for what they do. So yeah. yeah. Um, Tristan, I'll message you to answer that question on how that works. It's a thing that Dan Brewer taught me. Um, so yeah, like all right. Let's back back on topic. Uh, yeah. I want to get back into uh, meta versus non-meta. The meta is not a good thing, the meta is not a bad thing, the meta is just the meta. If you're going to build a non-meta army, essentially one that's not popular, something that's not very seeing on the table, it's something that may surprise and delight your opponent. Um, I want to ask the boys, uh, Luke, I'll come to you first. Um, what are the advantages of running a non-meta army? Um, well, first and foremost, no one knows what it does. Um, you will be struggling to find anyone who has actually read your War Scrolls. The amount of time, I mean... When I played you, Anthony, like, had you actually, would you have written Scourge Privateer War Scrolls had I not grudged you? Uh, I played I played Clint once with a Corruptus. But otherwise, when, uh, so so just to bring it back, Luke uh, challenged me in a stream from Warhammer Weekly, and I'm like, cool, let's play. Um, looking at the War Scrolls, you see the Battalion, you see the Fleet Master, and you're like, okay, cool, there's only like five or six War Scrolls. I, I, I semi-glossed over it. Um, and then when they get into the table, you're like, oh, this is actually how it works. Holy shit. You actually punch out a lot of shooting. Um, and the maths hammer really comes out where you look at the war scroll. It's like, eh, eh. same as like devoted Sigma. I look at Ash's list and I'm like, okay, he's got 140 flagellates. All right. Okay. He's got a couple of war altars. All right. Some couple of small heroes. Okay. Then all of a sudden yeah. it's like, whoa. Then all of a sudden they're shooting up. twice. Shooting twice, shooting in the hero phase, re-rolling everything. Yeah. And it becomes a thing. Um, yeah. But most certainly no one knows what it does is an advantage in itself. Um, your own personal benefit, like, there's a thrill in playing something so different and that you can make your own. Yeah. Do you, uh, quick question. Do you find since not a lot of people not know like what your stuff does do you feel like you spend a lot of your pre-game explaining everything like it takes a lot of your deployment time 
Um, I generally do it wire deploy. I'm pretty well versed at okay, cool. doing that sort of thing. Now, when I put the units down, I explain what they do because I go, so, have you seen this? And most people no. say no. And so I go, cool, this is what this does. This is a battalion. This allows me to activate in the hero phase. This unit shoots two shots at nine inch, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. I'll just call out before I move to Ash that that also can be a negative or a bad thing as well because I know when I was writing my free people and I would have the the great company rule, which allowed you to kind of like um, shoot in, in a charge phase where even when someone's not charging you, um, people would get caught out late in the game. So you're constantly educating them and making sure there was no none of these I gotcha moments or, you know, things that because you know what a Kernoff Hunter does, you know, you probably don't need the, yeah. the, the full explanation. But when uh, when you're charging a, a unit of handgunners and then the crossbowmen are shooting because you charge the handgunners, you're like, I don't understand yeah. how this works. That was really important. Like, and I do that in most of the games where like I remind people they're like, oh, you've only got a six inch move. It's like, yeah, I have a six inch move, but I move in the hero phase too. Like, and it you don't want to win by a gotcha moment. Yeah, Ash, were you going to say something as well? What? Yeah, like. Um... Like you say, when, you, when you're when you talking through your army at the beginning of the game, you've just got to make sure that you're very clear with the things that will matter for your opponent's army. So um, things like threat ranges. So, for example, for my Devoted of Sigma, um, I came up against three Chaos armies uh, on the weekend and, and my War Altars will do six damage against Chaos with D3 shots each. So that's something yeah. to call out and make sure your opponent knows. All right, so they have a 30-inch effective threat range. Um, if you don't want to get shot by it, stay 30 inches away. And that'll force some mistakes in your opponent as well. I had one of my opponents who was playing the Blades of Corn move three Bloodthirsters into the corner of his deployment zone out of range of all of my army and his objectives. So um, it, it gave me the, the opening to play through the first two turns without getting hit by a Bloodthirster. Um, and, yeah, I guess that that's that's something just to pull out is make sure that you're very clear with the things that matter for your opponent so that they don't have that feel-bad moment. Yeah, and, and like, you know, Joel McGrath again has called out that he had to explain his rules over and over again. I know uh, at plenty of times I would actually have, like, a little cheat sheet I'd give to my opponent. I'm like, here are the, the most common things that you probably should know about my army. Um, oh. So they could always refer to that. Shout out to AOS Reminders, reminders. for that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, AOS Reminders is pretty good for that now. Yeah, I think um, that that's I, almost better for your opponent than it is for you as a player because I find if I've got a cheat sheet for myself, I'll spend more time looking at that than I am talking with my opponent. But it's something to give your opponent to say, this is all my abilities. Feel free to read them through whilst I'm doing anything so that they've not got that surprise moment. Yeah. yeah like You can just go me, about your day and they follow what you're doing. Yeah. Like for me, I sometimes just write a little quick summary on like what my list does. For example, like when I ran like off-meta stuff i was like this is what it does this is the effective range so that's what ash did any questions and they're like not nah, like cool and just give it to them kind of thing helps well even just asking them have you played a free people army before do you know what the legion of night do cool let me explain and taking that moment or that opportunity to just give them that very high level don't tell them all your tips and ticks and or your, or your tactics but you know look this is what it does this is the thing to look out for i'm going to be able to take three three units off the board they don't, they, they're going to come on any movement phase. Yeah, the, oh. the way I usually phrase it is like, how much do you know about my army? Um, mm. Because some people will say, like, if you ask them a direct question, like, how much do you know about corn? They'll say, oh, yeah, generic gold pilgrims. Um, <laughs> but 
Generic Some people will say I've I've played like a my mate a few times and he plays with flesh hounds and Karanak and that's not the list that you're playing. So you need to have that like our understanding of that conversation at the beginning of the game, just like on the the specifics of the army that you're playing, um, how much do you know about it? Like can I can I tell you anything that you need to know to to make this game a more enjoyable experience? Hmm. No, love it. And then on the flip side, what's the uh, the disadvantages of running uh, a non-meta army? Uh, well, uh, on itself, guess, having to explain everything. Yep. It's yeah, like Joel, like Joel pulled out, having to having to tell your opponent at the start of every game, take maybe 10 minutes to, to talk through things. Even when I was playing my Nighthaunt, um, I'd have games where as I was deploying, it would it would take just that little bit longer. So you do have less time in the round, um, and you have to make up with that with uh, with your your speed of play to make sure that you do finish your games on time. Yeah, um, probably the other thing with like off meta armies, especially like when we're talking like as far off meta as like devoted or scourge privateers, it takes practice, and you are going to lose games and lose a lot of games, or just. You're going to rebuild the list and rethink and rethink and rethink. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. Um, I played lots and lots of games with my privateers to get, I think, as good as I am with them and pretty crisp with the army that I play now. And it certainly didn't happen from just writing a list and putting it on the table once or twice. We're talking before CanCon, I probably had 30 games with the privateers knocked out in like a six-month period. Practice, 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 practice. And um, Tristan Gray makes a really good comment as well. And he says, uh, you know, the, the worst part of playing off better armies is often the last couple of turns where, you know, you're in the thick of the game and someone might forget some of those rules. So uh, if it means checking in or, you know, trying to avoid those aha, gotcha moments. Um, and just being very clear every time you do any any ability or any dice roll, just make sure that your opponent knows what that's for so that there's not that moment. I'll put, down measuring sticks. Yeah. Um, I'll put down measuring sticks with my Scourge Privateers because I've got a nine-inch range with the crossbows, and I'll just put like one down in front of my shooting unit. Just go, remember, this is how far they shoot. Yeah. And you go, the whole unit unloads when they do. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, and, and to be fair, you know, to the Slanish, and I'm bringing up Joel again, you know, Joel was playing with them pre-Battle Tome, so, you know, having to explain how the summoning works um, and, you know, and, and then hopefully not having those bad i you know those feel bad moments in turn five when you bring on a, a keeper of secrets um because you've forgotten how the depravity points worked pre-battle tome liam is there anything else that you see as a disadvantage of running um uh, a non-meta army the one thing for me and like this has been a thing for me when it comes to like off meta and stuff is like i only run armies that have a battle tome um, we've known this since day one. I only buy armies or invest in armies that have a battle tome. Um, so for me, running an off-meta army would generally, like, if, for example, if I was, like, trying to run any of the armies that Luke or Ash would run, I feel like the biggest disadvantage is the lack of support of artifacts and spell lore for list writing, if that makes sense. Like, um, and since not a lot of tournament packs and stuff, uh, unlike you, like, but you did, I support the Malign Sorcery lore. Um, so I feel like that's a huge disadvantage when it comes to running some like of the off meta armies or off meta stuff is because the support isn't there. So for me, when it comes to running a off meta army, it would probably have to be something with a battle term, for example, Sylvaneth at the moment. Um, and then again, it's just one of those things where like, 
constantly probably have to explain to my opponent to be like, hey, do you know what tree revs do? And they're like, nah. I'm like, okay, this is what tree revs do. Okay, cool. Now I'm just going to deploy them right here. And then like they forget them and then you do the tree rev thing and then you've got this like kind of like feel bad moment, but you kind of did tell them. And yeah, it's just that. It's just one of those things where um, that's just like two things. It's just like the lack of support for like artifacts and stuff and spell law. Um, so and, you um, feel like you feel like you don't have enough flexibility in your list build. Yeah. Artifact to was helped immensely by um, uh, what's Malign it called? Malign Sorcery. I was about to say for oh, yeah, that, wrong one. That definitely helped. But that massively like, helped in one aspect. Um, uh, spell law? Spells is another one. Yeah. If so, they were, I guess, implemented the way some of us thought they should have been, they might about, have not been. Let's talk oh. about Duckling Covings before Caesar Sigma, right? Awesome army, huge range, got sorcerers, got everything. You, they only got like two spells. Yeah. Right? Compare them yeah. to Deacon, which has like rituals, spell law, the whole shebang. Like, the Duncan yeah, Covington being like, I can just Mystic Shield. And I, I and guess the, the point I is guess the point, though. that it's got uh, a variety of um, tools that you can you can pick from. So, for example, yeah. when I chose the Devoted of Sigma, there's there's two prayers on every War Scroll, or three prayers on some of the War Scrolls. So that gives you enough flexibility. You don't need a spell yeah. law. You can, already, you can already play it around with that and, and react to different situations. Your Devoted totally. also had a Knight in Cantor. Which also has access to endless spells. Yeah. So that's yours, like access to spell law, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Allies is definitely a good way. Um, it's probably also worth mentioning that I guess the way Games Workshop envisions we play the game is with the realm rules in effect at all times. So to that, like, that's how they envision the game. That's how they do yeah. it at Warhammer World. That's how they envision it. Whether or not we do is a different story, but that in itself is how they might, they might have viewed that in a way that. Oh, everyone does have spell laws because everyone can use the realm spells. So, yeah. Luke, there's an yeah. there's an example of the meta. So, uh, when I went to Adepticon earlier this year, uh, the tournament was full realm spells. So you could access all of the realm spells in Malign Sorcery. But in Australia, that is not very common. If any, uh, most of it, most people will use the 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 realm stuff maybe from the core rulebook. But very, very, very few will use it from malign sorcery. So that in itself is a meta, knowing um, that you get, you do or you don't get access. Uh, yeah, and- like I know for a fact, Magro, your player pack on the weekend. Um, for anyone who's listening and didn't know this, um, Magro said if you wanted to use the malign sorcery spell law, you would have to like not use your. Let's say Deepkin, right? Let's just talk about Ben Spinetti, right? He stole that from Bush Bash, by the way. So shout out to the Measure Gaming Boys. 100% legit stole out. If you see a good idea, steal it, take it, make it your own. Yeah. So apparently Bush Bash did it, but like pretty much instead of saying, let's say I'm taking a Deepkin law, I'm going to take the law from the Realm of Fire, right? Um, So that kind of like that changes the meta. Like that changes people's list building. That changes the whole thing where like that is a meta, like, the pretty much like player packs and tournaments change the meta heaps on like what people are going to bring. So that there, like you start seeing Spinetti being like, okay, go, I'm going to do this with my eels. And now his defensive eels are now both defensive and offensive because now you just change that unit's use. Um, So having something like that. Yeah. And that's why if every pack did that, then you probably would see Darkling Covings and like all these other armies just coming out of nowhere because they got access to a spell law. Yeah. Um, and 
Ash touched on it a bit. Um, well, you did as well. Like uh, allies is a great thing for these off-med armies. I mean, a lot of them used to be, I guess, the fully off-meta sort of stuff. A lot of it was order, which means we all got access to Stormcast, <laughs> um, yep. which they do everything. So it's a great way to fill in the gaps for those yep. sort of things. You can I... put a knight in Kentor. You can take a unit of Sequidors. You can take a Lord of Quilla for movement shenanigans and... Every death army can take a, a death lord in it. So, like, there's always the tools yeah. there that you can bring, even if you're playing. Yeah, if, if even you're destruction. Unusual. Um, yeah, you can. You can always take the. I mean, most armies can ally in with iron jaws. Um, or grots in a way. Grots um, in a way. Yeah, you can, you can always bring a, a weight of bodies, whether it's through gloom spite or through the um, gut buster grots. Yeah, good call um, up. Good call up by Craig as well in the chat where he said all the realm rules are now in the new game book that Games Workshop put out recently, the $55 AUD book. Um, so you might find that now that we're not carrying around 60 million tomes, that, um, that you know, th th this becomes more common. That one simple tool may change the meta in itself because it makes it best, that little book. Yeah, yeah. All the spells that you need, it's very easy to, to, to access. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out for that one. But, um, I think, you know, it's, it's quite interesting. I know when I'm, I'm listening to you guys, I'm hearing uh, how much the narrative, how much the hobby opportunity, the, how much the uniqueness um, and the challenge as well. I know um, I took away a lot of, um, I, I know when I, uh, Liam, you didn't ask me this question when you asked everyone else um, about the armies they've run. Um, I moved to Gloomspike Gits actually before the book dropped. I moved into the Moon Clan and I was very much building a squig heavy army. And, and the reason I, I wanted that. to do that, yeah, yeah, I did. Mm. Before I, I fell into the meta and I was running around with 140 grots, I was running <laughs> two colossal squigs. I was, I was using a squig gobber. I was running a whole bunch of squigs. And um, that was a painting opportunity. Uh, it was something unique, something fun, because it wasn't the hardest hitting meta. Um, and no one was I running it. I go in there with low expectations. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't forcing myself to feel like I had to go four and one or five and oh. I could go in there and have fun. There was no weight on my shoulders. And you were I, just to let everyone else know, you were running an on meta army at the before you did this project. Legion of Night. Yeah. No, like it was like it was like Legion it was like Legion of Nagash. You're running but was, death. But I was running Legion of Night. Specifically, yeah. I was running Manfred under Legion of Night. I think yeah. the key point to pull out, though, is that um, by taking an army that's off meta, you can relax into the tournament experience a little bit yeah. more. And and sometimes that means that you play better. So when I took my Night Aunt to, um, down to Canberra for the um, Anzac <laughs> Cup, I was looking for one win out of, out of five. And that was just because I had no exp experience of how the, the meta was going to be in that situation. Um, and I knew that Nighthaunt weren't going to be the strongest army that was showing up. Like the Flesh Eater Courts and the Skaven books had just dropped. So I had the expectation of myself that I would just do okay. Um, and then as a result, it meant that I was aware of the, the strengths of the other armies and playing really well and able to pull out the, the five wins that you need to win a tournament. And, and that can happen. Yeah. And you were running uh, the Purple Sun when it was at 100 points. Yeah, it was. <laughs> So there's another non-meta choice, right? Like you were running around with something um, to 30 Graph has said, lol, I, I, I was doing it before Before the tome sounds like the AOS version of I was doing it before it was cool. 
Oh, it's true. Like uh, before I got in the bandwagon, it tooted along in front of me. I was running around with the purple sun. But um, you, you're right. Like people look at this going, oh, I, I know Geminids. I know Umbral Spell Portal. I know, um, you know, all these different spells. But then the minute I started dropping Palisades or you're doing um, uh, the, the the purple sun, people are like, oh, this is different. I haven't, I haven't experienced, experienced a purple sun before. Uh, and it does create a whole new experience. And uh, I couldn't agree more that the weight starts coming off your shoulders because there, there's no expectation set on you and nor does someone look at you and go, oh, I know what that does. I just need to kill kill this hero and your whole army collapses. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, most certainly. Liam, any questions that you have for our guests before we start wrapping this up? Uh, so with your armies now being combined into one book, um, what is your next off-meta project that you're thinking of doing? Um, a Kurnothi army. I will That's, be getting okay, some I'm, wild riders. You're, you're triggering me right now because it's not an army. <laughs> you're triggering oh, it's me so be. much. It's not I'm going to have an army of Kurnothi. So um, I'm going to do Wanderers. Um, I have a massive okay. Wanderers collection. Is, they were the, like the my love. Um, but cool. they will be Kurnothi. Um, <laughs> so will you, will you run those in the Living City, or are you going to go with a, a Wood Elf uh, Army? No, it's going to be the Living City. It's the narrative, yeah. like you know, the narrative thing. Um, so I can get that Viridian Pathfinders Battalion, um, a unit cool. of uh, Wild Rider. So I'll get Wild Riders and like hack them together. Uh, go get some Ungors. I think that'll probably be the best fit. Um, and combine them with like a, and make some sort of War Dancer looking models. Sounds good. It's all awesome. so. Ash, yourself, what um, is your next off-meta project? I'm kind of in between projects at the moment. I mean, the the choice at the moment is whether I stick with the Cities of Sigma book um, or whether I go rogue and go mixed order. And I think the better choice is to go mixed order um, and just throw in a few crossbowmen into my uh, Devoted of Sigma army that I've got currently um, and then with the buff to the Flagellant War Scroll itself, it means that by throwing on the prayers, you get a really choppy unit. Um, so I think it, I think that may be the way to go for CanCon at least. Um, which, which crossbows, by the way, Free Guild, Dark Elf, or uh, Stormcast? I've, I've had a look at all of the options, um, and I think the Free Guild crossbows will fit in nicely. Um, throw in a Free Guild General and foot in there as well so that they're threes by twos with 60 shots out of your three battle line units. So... Um, that's the that's the plan. Um, that's just going to be sitting behind eighty five villains. So nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, any off meta army projects? Uh, you're I'm coming. Glad, I'm glad that you asked me, Lee. <laughs> I knew <laughs> he was looking at it, being like, "Lee, you better ask his goddamn question." I'm just like, <laughs> oh, "Here we go, bring it." So, so back when I back when I played the Empire back in fourth edition, I never left home without two volley guns. I ran volley guns till my heart was content, often three volley guns. If not three volley guns, I'd take a great cannon or two. Now, now I know gray water fastness is all about the, um, the rocket batteries. I want to see, I want to be able to see if I can build in a couple of sexy, uh, volley guns, uh, especially now that the war scroll is a combined war scroll as opposed to having independent crew and uh, a war machine. So, um, I don't know if I don't know if the opportunity is there, but uh, I it's, think of all the time. It's, there. Gun, it's uh, there. Throw in a throw in a soul screen bridge, and you've got it. That's the one. 
could be interesting. Would be nice with uh, yeah. the Lord Ordinator and a Cogsmith or something. And a but, Hurricane. Uh, potentially a Hurricane, but yeah, Volley Guns for me will be my off meta selections. Awesome. Yeah. No, Liam, no. yourself. I'm running Sylvaneth, man. That is off meta. Like, no, like, how many people turned up to Sylvan? I was Sylvaneth at all in the past month in Australia. Well, at Sydney, did you GT, see my cabinet? Well, at Sydney, Sydney GT, GT zero. three Tomb Kings armies and zero Sylvaneth armies. So, oh wow, Bushbash that- only had two players, and then I'm pretty sure Toowoomba only had one or two players. So, I think Sylvaneth went from like the most popular AOS army last year to now like up there as non-existent because no one knows how to use that goddamn book um even though there's this great there's this great resource that the coach did with a few all-star players and clearly it's just yeah i don't know all, it's two all-star players and liam yeah shout out to this comment yeah. here, mercenaries <laughs> let's let's bring some mercenaries on the table i know um i know we had the gargant list at city gt we had a couple yes. of uh, gargants um I want to see more mercenaries. I want to see, uh, no. hey, maybe, maybe I bring a free people army or a Cities of Sigmar army with a Necromancer and 40 skeletons uh, in that list. Um, well, we saw, I've actually got plans the... for the Marauders, actually. Yeah, um, well, we saw Bill Souza with Marauders, had 40 Marauders in his um, mixed order list win the tournament on the weekend as well. So, yeah. Oh, that mixed order list was so off meta, it's not funny. Wait, what was it. wait, what did he run? Who was it? Who was running what? Bill, Bill Souza. It was like skinks. Crossbowman, Captain of America, Caradron Overlords, uh, 40 Marauders, um, and other stuff like just literally Tenebrial Shard, um, a couple of buffing yeah. heroes, and then the Soul Screen Bridge. And it was that yeah. that he used. So he'd, he'd teleport them through the Soul Screen Bridge, all the Marauders. And then because when they set up, they get a D6 as the extra D6 inch move. So teleport, set up, move D6, and then charge. And you're close enough to, to pretty much guarantee that charge as well. So yeah, it's got legs. Um, yeah, it's great. But I think my next project is probably going to be Bone Reapers. Because they won't be on meta, they'll be off meta. Um, Four also, also, I am very. I what you? I wait. What? 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 You don't, you don't reckon they're going to be meta? Yeah, you, you don't think people in are going to be celebrating? In the next but... four months, people need to break the book. Don't give me like a week. I'll break the book completely. I think. But, um, I think he's sort of right. Most people won't have the army straight up. You won't see him for a bit. It's going to be like Deepkin. Deepkin, you did not see for like six or nine months. Yeah, production meta. I think I think, you'll, uh, I think you'll I think you'll see things like uh, people grabbing the, the the skull catapults and putting them into legions maybe initially yeah. and then if slowly build or maybe like you know putting so, arcane. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm saying the full I'm saying full bone reaper allegiance. Like I'm not yeah, yeah. going to do a grimgast reaper situation where I just have sixty grimgast reapers and a legion of gash army because I'm basic. It's um, <laughs> yeah. People on the podcast, I am uh, shaking my head at my co-host. Um, uh, anyways, um, this is a Liam we love. Look, I still respect all deaf players now because one command point brings back a unit and that takes skill. Um, but yeah, so right. pretty much, um, as the fleshy to court and daughter's a cane player, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, um, just another army that I bought Sunesh as well. Was that do you bought you bought some Sunesh, didn't you? I bought Sunesh before the book came out, and then I read the book and I said, I'm not picking up this army until they fix depravity points. Yeah. But then I wrote a really nice, friendly Sunesh list that I sent to Magro and to Ash. No, it is actually really friendly. Um, it's only got one keeper of secrets and a few hop ladies. It's fine. 
It's not like I'm trying to score depravity off by shooting because shooting is definitely not back totally. Um, so Those half yeah. pages with the shooting are pretty good though. You bring oh, half pages are amazing. Um, so yeah, so pretty much that's my off meta. Um, Liam needs more Nogal's gift. Thanks, Tristan. Um, <laughs> all right, but, Liam, yeah. Liam's getting on his high horse again. I think we need I'm to not on my high horse. I'm just saying <laughs> that I am going to try and go off meta for the next year. Okay. We'll hold, right. that to you. we'll hold that to you. Yeah, Wait, let's hold it. If, 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 if anyone on this show can clip that particular audio piece that says, Liam, I'm going to write that down, one hour and 55 into the show, Liam says that uh, he is going to be off meta for the year. So let's see how that plans out, guys, we, ladies and gentlemen. Say that I can run on meta armies but make it off meta a bit. We did say that in the show. So can we also get that clip in to make sure that <laughs> I think we've already cut the clip. We've cut the clip. No, we've already, already cut that bit out. Yeah. Ash, as a, as a part of uh, Clan Filth, you need to hold Liam accountable to his uh, off-meta ways. I <laughs> uh, look forward to seeing him running uh, a whole bunch of the uh, Warcry warbands in Age of Sigma, along with Archeon and uh, a bunch of Slaves to Darkness in his new CanCon list. I would love to see that. Wait, Liam, <laughs> as an as off-meta champion, uh, I look forward to seeing you painting up Archeon with all of the Warcry warband and... Um, some Slaves to Darkness, Chaos Warriors. That should be a really right. competitive list, to be honest. Awesome. Do it. Chal challenge accepted by Liam. But I am not playing Warbands. <laughs> Look, uh, I'm already wow. running Sylvan. It's already a finesse army as it is. So. Cool. All right. So we've, talked about, we've talked about off meta. We've talked about why you want to run them. You want to run them because they're competitive. They're not, they're not always competitive, but they are fun. They are challenging. They are unique. They are they're sometimes cheap. They're actually really cheap. You can buy them on eBay. You can buy them uh, often at lower prices at Games Workshop. Uh, there's a lot of cool reasons to run them. You will be the hero of your local scene, and they are very rewarding. Uh, Scourge Privateers, Devoted of Sigma. Uh, what else? Beast Claw Raiders. Um, Scourge Privateers. Uh, Swift Hawk no, Agents. So, so good you say it twice. Uh, so <laughs> good. I just, just, I'm so happy to see them disappear eventually under the Cities of Sigma. Uh, just, you've been brought into the fold of of the uh, yeah of the anvil just guard. Quickly, if you have performed really well with an off meta army, let us know, and also let Rob Symes know from the Honest War Gamer because he loves hearing about that. Like yeah, he, he loves you hearing do a podcast about armies. He will literally be like, "What the hell are you doing?" And he will just want to talk talk to you about it all. So yeah. Um, that's just one thing as well. So if you feel like you've achieved something really good, like you went three and two with Slaves of Darkness or four and one or whatever, like tell us and we'll be like high-fiving you and stuff. You did well, that did well awesome. with Darkling Coven. You do well, you know, Dispossessed Dan did very well with the Dispossessed. Um, yeah, like people in the community love hearing about that because those are the armies where you just go, you deserve a round of drinks or as Randy would like to say, a blue tingle. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Get get in touch with the coach and Shadowhammer, and they'll bring you on to talk about it. Oh, this sounds this sounds like a beautiful way to wrap up. So, if people want to share those lists or have a chat with Devoted of Sigmar himself, Ash, Ash, where can people find you uh, on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at Ash underscore McEwen, um, or you can find me in a couple of Facebook groups that uh, Luke runs for. Um, yeah, the I, I think I've I've joined in most of the ones that I play. So Nighthaunt, Disciples of Zinch. Iron Jaws, and um, I think, I mean, I, I was in the Cities of Sigma 1 at least for a little while there. I'm not sure if I am still, but yeah. <laughs> um, and Luke? 
Um, well, first and foremost, you can find me on all the Facebook groups, um, especially on the big page where we've just hit 20,000 members. So that's fantastic. Um, biggest Age of Sigma community in the world on any platform now. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at DadHammerNeo um, and on YouTube, Cinderful Gaming. Yeah, and check it out in the in the channel description. There is uh, a link to Luke's channel. Uh, I think I put a link to one of your law law videos. Um, but be pumping out a whole bunch of great content. Yeah. Uh, a man who's also punching out great content is Liam with his bat reps. People want to find out more about Liam. Uh, they'd love his opinion on something. Uh, where can they find <laughs> you, Liam? Um, so I kind of did a poll recently on um, is pineapple and pizza any good on Twitter. So people are loving that opinion at the moment. Um, I, I was the first one to vote, and I said uh, you were wrong. I'm just so, going to go and vote right now. Which, which oh, way are you God. voting, Ash? Um, pi- chef's pi- opinion here, pizza? no. Yes. <laughs> All right, Luke, <laughs> Thank I'm going to the stream. Luke, thanks very much for never coming back on the stream. <laughs> um, yeah, pineapple um, and pizza every day. I'm, I'm on the board. Thanks, Ash. Yeah. Can I just say quickly before I say this, but so many people ordered from the buffets in EGT anything with pineapple. They even ordered extra pineapple just to piss me off. Yeah, like, you guys are Satan. Um, anyway, I, 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 I just thought of a great Christmas like present it. for you, Liam. Oh, if you give me freaking like, anyways, um, if you want to find me, I'm on YouTube. Um, Shadowhammer, just look it up. And there's battle reps and stuff. Um, and then I'm also on Twitter. I've been on my best behavior this year. Uh, Shadowhammer underscore. But if you want to actually know my true opinion, feel free to message me because then I can actually tell you how spending one command point brings back so much goodness. Um, so, yeah. And also Facebook, the Warhammer Sydney page, um, and some of the WhatsApp chats. I'm kindly active in the Bone Reaper group a little bit because I'm excited. And, yeah, and I'm excited to see so many people and so many events like the Newcastle and Runax. Isn't that right, Anthony? Uh, now, yes. Yes. Now, are. Anthony, how could people find you? Uh, well, if they're watching my channel, they probably know where to find me. What about uh, Twitter? To be fair. No, don't worry, Twitter. Uh, but I do want to take the opportunity to thank again everyone who's contributed to the channel, whether you're liking, you're commenting, you're subscribing, uh, you are physically giving me your hard-earned dollars, or you're just sharing it with a friend. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm sure uh, the, the, the money that you are contributing right now will go to all the pineapple that we give Liam uh, for Christmas. So... <sighs> Uh, maybe maybe we use that gimbal video to to show uh, off Liam eating his delicious pineapple. Um, I feel like this is a CanCon challenge. How much pineapple can I eat? Are you you're not you are challenging Doom in a grudge at CanCon, are you not? I am. Yes. I so yeah. hope he brings pineapple to kick your ass. Well, no, he's taking um ogres because ogres will get a new book in <laughs> end of November, early December. Oh, well, so could have been beaten yeah. up by pineapple, but I'm sure. But I'm sure he'll bring a pineapple and put it on the side of the table just to piss me off. Do you reckon? Do you reckon yeah. he'll use one of the pineapples as a gargant or something like that? That'd be good. Oh, if he uses, I'll let him use it as a butcher or something. Be like that pineapple <laughs> is a butcher, and I'm going to shoot the crap out of that pineapple. Very quickly, so, yeah. I've I've unfollowed Tristan Gray, who believes that pineapple on pizza is trash. Uh, I I believe that's Craig Anderson saying that pineapple <laughs> on pizza is off meta pizza. Uh, Aussie Wargamer thinks that the best pizza topping is whole basil leaves. Now that's something um, I can get on board with. Craig Anderson is also saying that uh, coriander pizza. Uh, I don't know if he's he's pro or against coriander pizza. Uh, and then Tristan, Tristan is all about the whole ba- uh, basil leaves. So Nothing beats a margarita. Uh, can we have an open mic episode on pineapple and pizza thoughts? I reckon that would go off. 
I reckon like that will go off. Well, well, funnily enough, uh, there has been a request that we kick back off the uh, Road to CanCon series, so maybe that could be a leading question that we can ask participants of where you stand on pizza. Uh, yes. This is this is going completely off topic or off meta <laughs> on the show topic. Guys, well, thank you very down. much. Luke, Ash, appreciate your support all the time. Liam, thanks for having me. I really needed to co host. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Cheers for having me, guys. Thanks, guys. I'll see you around. Peace. Bye.